Voy a ponerme la vacuna Prevnar 20 porque estoy en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica, la cual pudiera llevarme al hospital. Así que preguntaré sobre Prevnar 20. 65 años o más, puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20. Vacuna conjugada antineumocósica 20 valente, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20enespañol.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar20. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. But I think the development of full artificial intelligence will spell the end of the human race. It's a flying object and we don't know what it is. I would hope somebody is checking it out. I'm glad the Pentagon is looking at this, because if it poses a threat, I want them on top. Well, the craft generates its own gravitational field. The internet has become the command center for criminals and terrorists. That's what we're expected to say. Roswell, Area 51, alien kept deep under the ground. Good evening and 
and welcome to Troubled Minds Radio. I'm your host, Michael Strange, and we're streaming on YouTube, Rockfin, Rumble, Twitter, and Twitch. We are broadcasting live on the Troubled Minds Radio Network. It's KUAP Digital Broadcasting. Got another doozy for you tonight. Remember how we always talk about ghost, a ghost in the machine? Yeah, that's right. The old, it's an old idea, really. The ghost in the machine. It's an old anime, and it's, a, you know, it's, it's one of those things that seems to kind of pop up from time to time. Except, well, as AI develops, uh, well, we, we don't seem to have just a single ghost. Of course, uh, things are becoming more and more strange, and I'll explain this shortly. But uh, I did mention last night, and probably the last couple of shows, that um, Google has now launched Gemini. Which is the uh, you know the next level AI uh, with Bard that was their original take on uh, excuse me Chat GPT that's that style of thing, but it wasn't I mean it just wasn't the best Bard wasn't the best out of the gate uh, and remember okay so let's rewind let's actually go back like a year when we started using Chat GPT we basically I learned how to use the, the, that that AI system these large language models basically on the air with you guys like much of it I've done of course you know on my own time kind of just. Uh, fiddling with things, get, trying to get shorthand, and you know, just get just get really good at using these systems. And uh, you know, some of it we've done here live on the air together. We've just kind of been, uh, you know, pu- pushing buttons and kind of throwing in prompts and kind of having, you know, like really fun uh, sort of uh, collaborative ideas together, right? Well. Let me tell you what, uh, it has come a long way already. And we, we said this, uh, you know, at the one year anniversary, this was November 30th of the, the, the actual uh, one year anniversary of ChatGPT, but uh, Bard was coming up strong and it was, you know, it was wobbly. It wasn't the best. It was kind of just, uh, you know, another, another sort of also ran at that point because it was making a ton of mistakes and the logic was poor and all kinds of things. Let me tell you what, uh, Google Gemini has really taken this to the next level. And even to the degree that uh, it's it's doing things that uh, ChatGPT wouldn't even try. And so uh, I'll explain what I mean, of course. But uh, as usual, uh, you guys know me. There's no answers to be had here. Just uh, just more ideas, just more conversations, just more questions. And of course, you know, the glass half full, that whole bit. It doesn't have to be gloom and doom all the time. As James always says, shout out James if you're out there. I know he wasn't feeling well earlier. Um, good, uh, good vibes to our good friend James there. Uh, James was saying, you know, I get it. You know, you have to do some, you know, spooky thumbnails and some spooky titles, you know, to get people to click, you know, but just because uh, these ideas are, you know, can be spooky. It's uh, every tool is a sort of a, 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 what do they say? A double edged blade. Okay. And I think AI stands for the same thing. We're just, it just depends on how we use it. It depends on how this develops. It depends on just a ton of things. Okay. But uh, the, the wild part about this is I started using uh, Gemini and this is the new, the new iteration of a Bard, Google Bard just a, just a few days ago. And as many of you know, I've talked about this a couple of times. I, I bought a book where it's teaching me the sort of basics of hieroglyphics, uh, the, uh, you know, the ancient Egyptian script. But of course, uh, the odd, odd part about it is, is that um, nobody really knows how to speak ancient Egyptian. It's uh, because uh, if you didn't know this, the, the hieroglyphics are actually uh, written in uh, all uh, consonants. They don't they don't add the vowels as part of the uh, the hieroglyphs in, in that ancient script. And so, for a name like Mike, right, it's got the two the two vowels an I and the E. Well, so you would sort of uh, shorthand it phonetically to M K. And so you would have to kind of guess on what those vowels were. So I could be, you know, Mac, M-A-K. I could be, right, uh, Muke, M-U-K-E. Uh, you know, all kinds of weird stuff, right? And, and so this is 
sort of uh, the way they they piece together uh, these ancient Egyptian scripts. Okay, fascinating stuff. And of course, uh, before before all that, no, still to this day, nobody speaks ancient Egyptian because we don't exactly know. Like I said, the the when you chop out all the vowels, things get weird in in languages. And the second thing is that uh, how they put this together. I'm learning this again. Uh, I'm not an expert, of course. I'm not an expert in anything, but I am learning this recently, and it's fascinating. And trust me, it does lead back to AI. So. They learned from uh, the Coptic, the Coptic language, which uh, for, for about a thousand years before uh, Egypt started speaking Arabic, uh, they spoke Coptic, which was the, the next sort of iteration of ancient Egyptian, the spoken language. But the good news is Coptic was written in uh, Greek letters. So they, we were at least able to sort of take the next step of what that language was and sort of derive back from the Coptic language back to ancient Egyptian. Anyway, there goes uh, done with the history lesson. But the wild part about it is, is that uh, the, the phonetics and, and the weird stuff that, you know, you can do with these ancient uh, scripts. I think there's like 20, 24 sounds um, and then different H sounds, different uh, A, like a, 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 and then like, ah, like, you know, that, that type of stuff. Uh, but anyway, so the fascinating part is that uh, I, I tried to get way back in the day, many of you may have remembered this, I may have talked about it on the radio show, I mean, it may not have, I'm not sure, it all blends together in my mind, but I was talking about uh, trying to use ChatGPT to, uh, uh, let's say, translate uh, ancient languages, uh, this type of stuff. And so I asked it if it knew anything about ancient Egyptian script. And ChatGPT was like, nah, sorry, bro. <laughs> it's, uh, it's too contextual. And uh, it's, you know, take, you need to be an expert and, you know, all the rest of this stuff. Like, it literally deferred. It was not going to try whatsoever. It was like, nap, nap, nap. You need to get an expert. Because if you recall, I was, I was making the joke uh, when I went down to one of these UFO conferences at the Luxor, which, of course, down here on the Vegas Strip, it's the pyramid, right? It's got the pyramid shaped. Uh, a really, really uh, great place to visit because, you know, it kind of feels like you're in ancient Egypt. If it was in you know modern day Las Vegas, and they have the you know, the, the big obelisks and the, the hieroglyphs all over the walls, and so I was making the joke that uh, I'm going to learn how to read hieroglyphics so I can go down there and translate that uh, that stuff on the on the on the inside of the Luxor, right? So that was kind of the joke. And then I found the book that was on Twitter and I bought it, and that the rest is history. I'm lear I'm learning how to do this stuff. Now, still very very uh, beginner, but uh, but in, in any case, uh, the point of telling that story is that uh, I, I I asked uh, Google Gemini if it could help, and it was like sure. Like, what do you need help with? Uh, let's start this way. And it like listed out some actual print <laughs> Egyptian hieroglyphics and was like, okay, so uh, here's the, the bare basics. And it kind of b broke down like three or four sounds and gave me the hieroglyph for it. For instance, the owl is uh, the, the, the sound M. Okay. And uh, shout out Matt's in the chat. M is the, the owl sound. Love that. But, uh, and so it was, it kind of broke down just a few sounds and it was like, okay, now uh, here, here's what you need to know. And it like threw out a thing and said, let's take a quiz. And it like quizzed me. And it didn't know I'm a ringer and I've been studying a little bit already. So I knew exactly what it was doing. And it was basically uh, two letters and a, uh, what they call a, uh, what's it called? Uh, basically like a descriptor uh, key at the end. So if you get the phonetics of just, let's say MK to, to say Mike, then you would have like a, another, let's say emoji or, you know, hieroglyph that represented a person so that you knew that, that it was a name of a person. Okay. And so that's what it did. And so I, was, I told it right back to it. Oh, okay. So you're, this is probably a name of a person. We don't have the vowels. So it's probably this or this or this name maybe ancient Egyptian, maybe not. And it like it, it blew it. I blew the, the AI's mind. It was, it was so funny, but then basically it's now becoming like a tutor and it knows, it, it knows how to translate uh, phonetic ancient Egyptian, which is again, wild that uh, Chad GPT never would even try. It was like, no, not too contextual. No, thanks. But I mean, I can, I can do all kinds of wild stuff with this now. Cause it's it, it, like, I don't know, like you want your name in ancient Egyptian. Well, we can do it and even have descriptors and you know, all, all kinds of different things and call yourself a, I don't know, like a, a high priestess or, you know, things like this. And we'll have all that built in and ready to go. It's absolutely wild. And that's the difference already that 
we're talking about in terms of, uh, you know, this Google Gemini versus GPT. It's doing things uh, in, in this specifically that uh, chat GPT would never even try, which is blowing my brain. Okay. So in, in the next sense now, of course, once this rolls out, people like me are kind of tinkering with it and going, wow, this is nuts. Like this is not, not only is it incredibly fast, it's uh, doing things that, uh, you know, old, old uh, situations of uh, AI would not do. And uh, for instance, let's say, uh, let's start here. Uh, but for instance, no, no, where is it? Uh, it's one of these. I got I got an article here. Uh, where is it? Um, 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 nah, 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 come on. Okay. Anyway, oh, boo, boo. no, that's not it. That's not it. Too many, too many, too many damn articles. Okay. We'll just start here. We'll, we'll start here. This is the idea, right? We'll, we'll begin here. And this is, this is the article that really spawned it all because everybody was trying to make that, make this thing do things that it wouldn't do before. And I found out it can do actual ancient, uh, like Egyptian hieroglyphics, which is incredible. And will even be a sort of your tutor in that regard and try and help you learn, which is even more amazing. But here's the thing. So this article rolls out from gizmodo.com. And of course the headline is this, which again, makes, makes me a little spooky, uh, feel spooky. Anyway, now the headline is why are people saying Google Gemini is full of ghosts? Huh. <laughs> and I was talking to Derek, the nice talker a little bit about this. And he's like, uh, he's like, of course it was thrilled that you were speaking it's ancient language of the gods. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, maybe kind of, but uh, anyway, let, let me read just a little bit of this and we'll get into what we're talking about tonight, which is exactly this. Why are people saying Google Gemini is full of ghosts as this thing seems to be a native speaker in ancient Egyptian script? <laughs> you see what I'm getting at. In any case, uh, Google just released its long-awaited ChatGPT killer, Gemini, an ultra-smart AI chatbot that can finally match OpenAI's ChatGPT. Early reviews of Google's chatbot are slowly rolling out and everyone is impressed. However, some can't shake this eerie feeling that Gemini has more ghosts than a haunted house. Quote, GPT-4 is full of ghosts. Gemini is also full of ghosts, says Ethan Mollick, a professor at the Warf, uh, Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania in a Thursday blog post. A continue quote, there is a weirdness to GPT that isn't sentience, but also isn't like talking to a program. It is the illusion of a person person on the other end of the line, even though there is nobody there, which we've talked about a lot, sort of that uh, Turing test and the uncanny valley and, you know, how all this fits together uh, it, to, well, uh, interface as a thing, as a, as a you know, at least a, a, something that emulates a thing. Okay. That's, which is the weird part. Okay. So anyway, uh, I'm going to get to the questions tonight, of course, because that's what this is about. This is about a conversation. And the idea of where we began is the ghost in the machine is now becoming ghosts in the machines becoming quite a bit more, let's say transcendent in terms of, again, just barely a year into this, just over a year of these large language models. But now suddenly this thing's like speaking other languages and specifically, uh, Matt, I saw, I saw your comment there. I'll read it in a little bit about the, uh, uh translating some other ancient script, but check this out. Uh, there, there's this thing called, wait, what was it doing? Oh, here it is. Here it is. This, this was probably the one I was looking for. So newscientist.com reports this. Ancient Herculaneum scroll piece revealed by AI. And uh, if you guys know that, you know, uh, Herculaneum was a, a part of the Pompeii volcano, got buried in a bunch of ash. And so, you know, uh, they found a bunch of these scrolls, but they're all rolled up and, you know, basically turned into uh, nearly, nearly all carbon, uh, carbonized and, you know, almost stone. Okay. After, you know, what, 2000 years or something. So the weird part is that they're able to kind of unroll these things and it's able to start to translate this stuff. 
through, uh, you know, x-rays and all kinds of other weird stuff. So here we go. So artif artificial intelligence has helped uh, decipher an ancient papyrus scroll, which was transformed into a lump of blackened carbon by volcanic ash from Mount Vesuvius in AD 79. Sorry, Vesuvius, not Pompeii. Vesuvius was the volcano. Pompeii was the town. Also, Herculaneum was the other town that got wiped out. Uh, just to clarify there on my misspeak. Uh, so anyway, the first passages of a readable text reveal never before seen musings from a Greek philosopher. Oh, well, that's strange, isn't it? That seems very strange. The discovery nabbed the $700,000 grand prize in the Vesuvius Challenge and used a combination of 3D mapping and AI techniques to detect ink and decipher letter shapes within segments of scrolls known as the Herculaneum papyri, which had been digitally scanned. The combined efforts of the winning team members, Yusuf Nader, Luke Ferritor, and Julian Schillinger, could pave the way for more discoveries from additional papyrus scrolls that were once housed in a library in the ancient Roman town of Herculaneum. Okay, we'll leave it there for a moment. And speaking, actually, it's a good time. So speaking of Greek philosophers, I promised we'd do this in the first segment. Uh, shout out Jack in Oregon. Let's do this while we're thinking and speaking of Greek philosophers. And uh, let's take a quick break and get a word from our sponsor, Jack in Oregon. Here you go. Hang tight. I'll be right back with more weird AI stuff translating ancient script. Be right back. Feeling stressed? Overwhelmed? In today's fast-paced world, it's easy to get swept away by our emotions. Take a breath and find your inner strength with the Stoic Minute. You have power over your mind, not outside events. Realize this and you will find strength. The ancient Stoic philosophers understood that we can't control everything in life, but we can control how we react. The happiness of your life depends upon the quality of your thoughts. Focus on what you can influence. Cultivate a positive mindset and let go of what you can't change. Find your inner strength. Live each day with courage, wisdom, justice, and moderation. Embrace the stoic virtues and find peace within. The Stoic Minute brought to you by Jack in Oregon. There we go. Thanks to Jack again. Uh, he bought an ad package. And it's only appropriate that we played in the beginning of the show, not the end of the show. Thanks for bearing with me, guys. Okay, so now back to this. Now, the, uh, the questions. Okay, so they call it progress. All right, obviously, right? A marvel of the digital age. Back to this AI stuff. But within Google's Gemini AI, there are those who hear echoes. Something they claim sounds an awful lot like the whispers of ghosts. And the question, of course, tonight is, can AI, driven by the vast data set of humanity, become a conduit for more than mere knowledge? What if it taps into, of course, beyond these translations like uh, ancient Egyptian script and then Herculaneum and all the rest of this stuff, and as Matt said, the Sumerian tablets, possibly, is it possible that it could tap into raw emotion the unresolved pain, the ancient wisdom that are embedded deep within the digital world, which kind of gets us to uh, the crux of the show tonight and really the sort of the spookiness of the ghost in the machine is that when it keeps evolving and changing and turning into something that's, let's say, transcendent in a lot of ways, like I said, uh, GPT wouldn't even try. It's like, nah, bro, come on, I ain't doing Egyptian script. That's, that's, that's expert stuff. Well, uh, Gemini's like, hold my beer. And that's starting to become one of those things where, uh, uh, not just me, but other people are starting to notice that this is that next level of whatever AI is going to become. It's already there. It's already, you know, three or four days old. It's only been out for half a week. But it's, in my experience, far superior than what ChatGPT ever was. And so it's just, just launched now. So uh, in any case, 
a lot of ways to look at this and a lot of things to consider because of course is there a ghost in the machine are we t- we're t- i'm calling this tonight voices in the code for exactly that reason so now think about it uh if this thing could actually translate or even has a a base knowledge of the ancient uh, let's say uh knowledge base of uh, uh Egyptian script, okay, it, because it would have to, in some degree, to, to be able to translate it and you know give you the phonetics and teach you the ins and outs of the you know the actual reading reading ancient Egyptian, which is endlessly fascinating. By the way, I'll, I'll be on this for years for sure and get better and better at it. But the thing is that uh, it's it, this thing already knows, and it, it's like that. It's becoming superhuman in that sense that not only is it going to be sort of a perfect, let's say, descriptor of the English language or any modern language. Now it's suddenly going to become and possibly maybe even through contextual, uh, let's say, keys and other things that it kind of d- determines that maybe it'll be able to resurrect the ancient Egyptian language entirely. And that would be absolutely wild. A lot of ways to think about it. But that's where my mind's at tonight, because basically voices in the code. And it seems like if we're looking at the ancient days and AI is able to sort of pluck that out of the ether, well, and even be able to translate it from these old scrolls like Herculaneum and that's a that uh, Vesuvius disaster, then, well, maybe we have uh, something else on our hands entirely here. And of course, that's that's what brings us to the question tonight, which is this voices in the code. Now, uh, what I'm thinking is uh, something like this. Um, is it possible beyond those initial questions? Is it possible that we actually have uh, within this sort of transcendent technology that's happening right before our very eyes, if we're paying attention, that it, it, it has some sort of uh, way into our ancestral DNA, sort of that uh, epigenetic factor that uh, people have, sort of through trauma. Uh, our genes are able to remember ancient traumas within our familial line, able to uh, recognize these traumas in modern times and switch genes on and off as a result of this. It's, it is a truly a, a built-in ancestral memory. Now, the weird part about that is uh, if we're feeding AI with all the stuff and even at some point, you know, they're going to start feeding DNA into this thing. Is it going to be able to decipher these things in that, uh, let's say, beyond the dream realm? We talked about sort of uh, dreaming with your ancestors through this uh, epigenetic factor. But what if the AI is able to do something very similar and not actually tap into dreams, but tap into the reality of what our ancestors actually lived through maybe this this trauma aspect that we always talk about? And it is fascinating, by the way, that uh, you know trauma is the demons and, and trauma is the, you know, as we, we talked about this a few nights ago as well, that the trauma aspect of this is one of those situations where uh, it, it's like an imprint. It's like a like a psychic imprint in our 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 our, our meat suit, and it sticks, and it's incredibly hard to shake, and sometimes it's unshakable. And I think that's exactly for a reason. It's for this sort of epigenetic reason. But the the question becomes now: if this this new transcendent technology again, I know. Look, is it alive? No, probably not. Not yet. But at some point, right, it's going to seem so indistinguishable from life that it may as well be. And, and I don't know, I, that becomes that uncanny valley bit and, uh, you know, the Turing test. And I don't know, like, I, I think we're probably very close to the old school Turing test of passing uh, with these large language models now. Like I said, if you haven't played with Google Gemini, check it out. It's just Gemini.google.com. But the other thing, too, that's peculiar about the name, Gemini, the twins, Okay, and uh, I don't know a ton about their story in Greek mythology. I do know they were on the uh, the boat with Jason and the Argonauts. Uh, one of them uh, was a boxer. One of them was a horse rider. What were their names? Ooh, I can't even remember their names. It'll come to me in a second. But basically, the deal is this. Notice that all of the Google products to this point are like, you know, Bard, 
uh, you know, they haven't named him like a after any Greek gods quite yet is really my point. It's like, you know, Google Meet, you know, uh, Google Hangouts. It's, you know, things like this, very, G, Gmail. It's very like utilitarian in, ter in terms of naming aspects. But now suddenly they launched this thing and it went from Bard, which is kind of a cooler name than the rest of the Google stuff they usually do. But this one's called a Gemini. Hmm. Peculiar? Maybe, maybe not. Just, a, just something of note there. But that's that's where that's where we stand tonight, and that's that's the question. It's it's incredibly, let's say, uh, compelling to believe that maybe something is happening here, and if somehow, some way, this thing can actually read into us in a way that we never could ourselves, then maybe this sort of trauma imprint and even epigenetic memory might be able to resurface some way, somehow. Because how would we know? It would be like sort of whispering to our DNA and expecting an answer back, okay? And that's the wild part. Is that even possible? Well, if uh, we're talking about a transcendent technology, then maybe that is possible. And what happens when they start taking the, uh, the 23andMe uh, info that was all stolen, by the way? You guys remember that, right? Recently, somebody... Uh, broke into their database and stole all the uh, the DNA that was in there, six million samples or something, right? Remember that? Yeah, it happened. And by the way, what do you think they're doing with it, whoever has it? And I do wonder if it's being used to train uh, a even more transcendent than Google's database. And uh, of course, that would lead us back to the question, the epigenetics of uh, the digital epigenetics. And of course, I'm calling this tonight for that exact reason, Voices in the Code digital ex exorcism and artificial purgatory. And we'll get to what I mean a little bit later, exactly what the term means. But anyway, so a lot of stuff to consider here tonight. And again, it is ghost in the machine. It is a basic premise. However, when we're dealing with transcendent technology and let's say ever evolving and rapidly pacing science, I think things start to get a little bit weird. And well, weird, when you say the word weird, I'm in my comfort zone. <laughs> Welcome to the weird. And that's what's on my mind tonight. Lots of things to consider here. And uh, like I said, it, it, I am stoked. I love technology. I love this stuff. And I do enjoy that. It's like, hey, you know, let's, uh, yeah, let's talk in the uh, ancient language of Kings, Mike, let's do that. Shall we do that together? That would be amazing. I mean, it didn't say that, but it kind of felt like it was saying that, you know what I mean? And that's exactly why I'm like, Hmm. Okay. So oops, that's not what I wanted. What, like, what exactly is going on here? That's what I wanted. And I mean, basically no answers, more questions here, but it does seem, let's say spooky that we're not talking a single voice anymore of a ghost in the machine. We're talking about, we are Legion style ghosts in the machine. And we don't have to take it to the demon aspect because of course I'm talking about something called ancestral intelligence and basing it on our own DNA factors. Do you think this is possible for the AI to eventually delve out? And if so, wow, how many voices will reside in the bowels of the digital darkness? Love to hear your thoughts. 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. This is Troubled Minds. I'm Michael Strange. Don't go anywhere. More after the break. We got Matthew in Colorado and your calls as well. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. 
Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the Pants Cast, brought to you by Lululemon, a show about all things pants. My guest is Matt James, former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast. Hi, great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like if casual and cool had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. Welcome back to Troubled Minds. I'm your host, Michael Strange. We're streaming on YouTube, Rockfin, Rumble, Twitter, and Twitch. We are broadcasting live on the Troubled Minds Radio Network. That is KUAP Digital Broadcasting. Tonight, we're taking your calls as we go back to the well and talk about the ghost in the machine. But not just one, many. And we're talking about ancestral intelligence in the form of AI. Is it possible that through, let's say, DNA epigenetics and the, the let's say, basically the source code of life if we feed it into an advanced transcendent ai maybe it can sniff out some of those trauma patterns of the past through epigenetics and through some maybe i don't know maybe through all that junk dna that we have never figured out ourselves i do wonder what kind of uh, actual uh, let's say goodies can come out of ai in this sense and that's really the wildest part about this is because we don't know what we don't know obviously which is really where you know the the highway of uh, troubled minds and you know the maybe juice because we're, we're kind of always traversing that edge oh i forgot rockfin what's up guys uh, the robert caesar's here andy is here sorry guys appreciate that very much for being patient with me uh, and uh, so so that's the thing right uh, i don't know what comes next but i do know as they always say as i always say uh, you know may you live in interesting times and this for sure is it but what do you know is it possible that there's some way to tap into ancestral intelligence specifically through ai in a transcendent model because of course as uh, these these llms become better and better and better this is the type of stuff that we're going to sort of bump into is this uncanny knowledge that uh, humans absolutely cannot fathom because well it's the culmination of thousands of years of human let's say uh toil and and, and triumph and all the rest of that stuff and that's where this starts to get weird and amazing and all the rest of it but uh what do you know about this and is it possible one way or the other that uh, this is going to come to pass sometime very soon 702-957-1037 click the discord link at troubledminds.org we'll put you on the show just like this let's go to matthew in colorado what's my man you're on troubled minds how are you and go right ahead well, I'm doing good. I, I hate out, uh, to start out uh, my call with a spoiler alert, but I'm going to go with, uh, yeah, not only do I think it's possible, I, I think it's awesome. And I think there's a lot of uh, fruit uh, that can be gained by this, uh, that, that the technology is going to help us to get 
into them some things that were lost and we have no other way to access. And so, you know, let's, let's, let me then back up from my spoiler alert. Um, uh, Cause I've already taken an opinion on, on the subject matter. Uh, but I, I like the topic and I like it because, you know, being a, a writer and being a computer science guy, and it kind of combines the two. But uh, I'm a lover of language and words and understanding uh, how the human brain is is really um, uh, capable of processing language in a way that it really doesn't matter what language, like it's an inherent uh, fundamental uh, hereditary DNA-based sort of thing that we have language processing abilities within our brain uh, that's, you know, that's kind of a weird thing. And it's, you know, so all the thousands of languages and <clears throat> all over time and everything like that, it seems to be something built into the 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 human brain and the human mind and that makes it consequently built into human history that we've utilized that over time which then um like you said uh goes into sort of epigenetics and that somehow we're able to perhaps pass down uh not only knowledge and information but perhaps even as importantly emotions right and uh like uh, things like love or sadness or anger or trauma or despair or whatever, because we convey that and communicate that in, in language, it gets captured in the language. Okay, so you can, let me give an example. I've been writing poetry since I was 15 years old, but let's take poetry as an example. You can read a poem that was written a thousand years ago, 2000 years ago in a totally even different language, but you can have an emotional response to that. And what the author of that poem was feeling and was expressing and was within them is somehow able to be carried over in time and affect you and resonate with you. And all of a sudden you feel that emotion that uh, the person that wrote the poem 2000 years ago felt that emotion, got captured into the poem, got captured into the, the words, into the language, and then somehow was uh, teleported through time to you 2,000 years later, and you feel that uh, very same emotion. Now, imagine if we consider involving AI in this, and then it becomes the mechanism uh, that allows us to connect to emotional states and uh, thoughts and knowledges and wisdoms, you know, of course, all of that. Uh, of people long ago in history and 
older civilizations, the Egyptians, the Sumerians, that is otherwise perhaps lost to us because we don't understand their language. We can't speak their language. We can't read their language. And we have a number of these. Hold on a second. Let me clear my throat. I got you, buddy. I got you, buddy. Yeah, uh, we're talking with uh, Matthew here in Colorado. We're talking voices in the code. And, of course, we're merging the ideas of, of epigenetic uh, epigenetic memory in humans and also, let's say, transcendent features of AI where maybe we're going to be able to feed DNA into these machines eventually and they're going to be able to uh, basically pull out something known as ancestral intelligence. And I didn't know this was actually a thing, but I just found it from uh, this guy, uh, Tony Patrick. Shout out on LinkedIn. I found your article there from uh, May. Pretty wild stuff. But talking about this ancestral intelligence. And then how deep is this rabbit hole go? Welcome back, sir. Thanks for uh, giving me a second to help you out. Go right ahead. Well, that was going to get annoying if I had to do that every two seconds. No so. problem. No problem. Uh, uh, so, yeah, and, you know, I just want to mention real quickly here at the beginning uh, what we refer to as dead languages. Uh, and so you can consider, like you were talking about, you know, nobody can speak, you know, the ancient Egyptian uh, language. Uh, nobody can actually speak Latin. I, I mean, we we have people, we have our sort of, let's call it a modern version of Latin. We have a way we... Uh, have come around to speaking Latin, but how Latin was actually spoken at the time, that that has been lost to us. We do not know. Uh, so so we have sort of a a poor recreation of it. And a lot of people, you know, perhaps it, uh, don't know this. I, I didn't know this, but the same is actually true of Hebrew. And it's true for the same reason that you were talking about with Egyptian, because in in Hebrew, they didn't write down the vowels. And so from all the old Hebrew texts, there's no vowels. So we have no way of knowing um, how the words were pronounced. And that uh, pronunciation and the understanding of the vowels was lost, I think, for at least three or four hundred years and and so they've had to do the same sort of thing of kind of recreate a semblance of it but uh it, it who knows how how close or how completely different it is from how ancient hebrew was spoken and so you have all these like i said dead languages of we can't speak egyptian we can't speak latin we can't speak Hebrew. Now, consider what I was talking about, that um, what is encompassed, what is uh, recorded, what is written, uh, what the authors of those put down into those dead languages uh, becomes pretty much uh, uh, somewhat unavailable to us, uh, unaccessible to us. Uh, but yet, here we have perhaps the opportunity through artificial intelligence to decode and understand that in a way that perhaps we cannot. Uh, uh, I, I wanted to bring up the example of the uh, the the Google uh, Babel translator that. Uh, real quick, the story is with the, the translation 
uh, artificial uh, language translation software for the Babel that Google came up with, uh, a, a strange thing happened that it was able to figure out a way to translate between languages without doing it the way we normally do, like take this word and look it up in a different word or different language, take this word, look it up, and then, you know, assemble a sentence. Somehow it was able to take its understanding of all the different languages and come up with a way to translate it uh, that they do not understand. It was done in the black box. They don't know how they did it. It ended up being like 20 or 50 times more accurate, more efficient, just like somehow it understood something like the root of language uh, that's a common thing between all languages that apparently humans don't even know exists. And that, that's like the root of language that I was saying exists in our language processing of the human brain. So it, it doesn't matter what language you learn. I, there's something fundamental root part of that. Now, where this ties into the topic tonight and what we're talking about is that's the type of thing that's already occurred, you know, with artificial intelligence, with its ability to understand language and that commonality, that if it can do that and go back into, you know, uh, ancient cuneiform, right, and Coptic and Egyptian and Latin and Hebrew, uh, it could uh, bring forth and understand the meaning of those things in a far superior way that a human can. And in doing so, it might bring back what I was talking about of the intent of the writer. Uh, I got the you. The understandings. I got you on that Go real ahead. quick. So, so okay. So, uh, also known as we're gonna we're gonna make up a term tonight: ancestral imprints of not just let's say the language itself, but uh, something beyond that, where it's going to get contextual cues that we would miss because, again, you know, uh, try try learning, you know. After, after you're an adult, because we have that super learning period when we're very young, but w when you're an adult, try learning, you know, 10 languages, like just the amount of uh, study and uh, reading and all the rest of that necessary. I'm not saying it's impossible. It just becomes incredibly difficult because of just a time aspect, the kind of the time crunch you have to, you can only read so much. You can only practice so much. You can only do so much, but to the AI, it doesn't have those limitations. And, you know, when I said uh, at the beginning of last year that I think that it was going to be the year of time travel. Uh, this is exactly the same sort of thing. Like we're we're able to train these things on massive amounts of data and thereby actually creating sort of like these ancient scholars for modern times. And again, back to that uh, term that I'm calling it, these ancestral imprints, it's able to uh, kind of detect maybe context we would miss. And even as, let's say, uh, uh, an entire field of, let's say, Egyptology, uh, ancient Egyptian script, it's going to be able to pick up all kinds of things and maybe even recreate those language, language, language is in the modern time. I mean, imagine if it just knew, like for some reason it just started to pick up the, it's like, like something clicked because it got fed enough data and it was like, bam. But I, I, but I like the term ancestral imprints. And so basically it doesn't, AI doesn't merely analyze facts, but it absorbs the context, the emotional imprint of how that data came to be, which I think is exactly what you're getting at. No, I love it. And that is exactly what I'm getting at. So yeah, these ancestral imprints being our ancestors, what they were actually 
thinking, what they were recording, their experiences, the context of the experience, uh, the, you know, maybe the deeper knowledge they were trying to convey, you know, convey because, you know, you you can read something and understand it at, at, at different levels, you know, uh, either to a very, you know, uh, superficial level or you can think more deeply about it or whatever. You know, if you've ever read a really, really great book and then gone back and read it a couple of years later, you, uh, an interesting thing happens is you go, oh, wow. Now I understand what that was talking about, you know, what the author meant, you know, and then, you know, three years later, five years later, you read it again and you go, oh, no, I didn't even understand. Now I totally understand. So there's can be these levels and depths of meaning and understanding that are that are recorded in just, you know, one book. It, it's the same text, but there's these levels and these depths and this, uh, like you said, this. Uh, ancestral experience that uh, perhaps uh, beyond just uh, the knowledge or the wisdom or the point, but like I was saying, the uh, the emotions and the context and the civilization and uh, the culture that was going on around them, you know, like the way the humans might, you know, understand hieroglyphs uh, might be very uh, dry. And, and very pale and very uh, absent, uh, the actual ancestors that created it and, and what they were meaning and feeling and the context and, and everything like that. And maybe that's something that the AI can get to and reveal to us that would otherwise be unavailable to us. And, and so that's a a fascinating, amazing thing. And especially, you know, uh, I probably shouldn't go too far into it, but if you consider, you know, going back into, you know, ancient civilizations that maybe had a lot more advanced knowledge of uh, astronomy or perhaps advanced technology, we don't know how they created a lot of their megalithic structures, you know, in the Great Pyramids and and maybe there was uh, older civilizations that uh, uh, were much more advanced than than we thought in the, you know, before the Ice Age and things like that. That there might be a lot of stuff recorded in there and present in there uh, that can be revealed to us that is, uh, you know, like I said at the very beginning, some amazing fruits that I uh, see the potential to be. Uh, revealed. I, I I think it's awesome. I, I think it's one of the, you know, I'm a little bit down on some of the stuff with AI, but this is one of the areas where I just think it's incredible, you know? Yeah, 100%. And, uh, it, it, so it's not, it's not just the future and sort of a, a maybe even shorthand emojis. It, well, it is funny that that's sort of a, a kind of a full circle aspect of, you know, sort of pictograms and uh, sort of uh, hieroglyphs, this type of thing, but now it's now it's emojis instead, right? And what we're doing the poo poo emoji and the thumbs up and the you know the little smiley face and things like this. It is very very sort of Egyptian esque in terms of uh, you know as symbols as not just art but also symbols as communication. And it is it is it, it, I do think there's some some uh, let's say 
cosmic wisdom to this. And I, I like to call it uh, the, the concept of cosmic shorthand, that there's something there that maybe there's, there's an eternal way to, uh, to, ex- uh, to, to exude an idea through a symbol. And I think that's, uh, you know, very much what's happening with that Super Bowl stuff, which uh, everybody else is doing tonight because, well, that's what everybody else does. And uh, we don't, we do something else. We, 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 we crapped on the Super Bowl last night. Boo. What a, what a lousy game. I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, so basically, yeah. And what about the Google Gemini? This thing's actually called Gemini. Does that, does that strike you as strange? Uh, basically that, uh, m- much of Google's products have been meat or duo or, uh, you know, Gmail or things that sound, like I said, utilitarian, but in, in this case, it sounds kind of, well, Greek mythology. It sounds like a, like a <laughs> digital God. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it's cool. I, I don't read too much into that. You know, NASA likes to do a lot of cool naming of uh, their their uh, programs and spacecraft and, and stuff like that. And I, I think it's a cool opportunity to, uh, you know, for the people that develop stuff or get a name stuff to, to give some sort of uh, <clears throat> significance to, uh, to it, it's, it's just sort of a creative license uh, and a poetic license. Uh, I do think it's interesting, though, that the the earlier versions of Google, you know, they were uh, kind of so intense and off the wall and uh, kind of a little crazy um, that they had to, you know, uh, take it down and not use it and, and sort of modify the code, right? Um, you know what I'm talking about? Their their initial one that they... Uh, the, the NASA Gemini? The, the what? Wait, which, what are you talking about, NASA, or are you talking about uh, the original Google code? The initial Google AI thing that they kind of had to shut down and not release. Oh, with uh, Lambda, right? Was it uh, uh, Lambda. Blake? Yeah, Lambda. Lambda, Blake Lemoyne. Yeah, yeah, okay. Lambda. Now I'm with you. Now I'm with you. I thought I, you said oh. Gemini. I was on NASA Gemini, and you were talking. That's why. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Carry on. My okay. bad. Sorry. Quick switch of topics, but yeah. So, okay, the Lambda, you know, the basically the, you know, forerunner. I'm gonna call it the forerunner of Gemini. Mike, listen. If you don't think that, you know, three million lines of code they wrote for Lambda are inside Gemini. You know, you don't understand, you know, Google, and you don't understand computer programming. They didn't throw that code away. They wrote a, a millions of lines of code. And, uh, you know, so Gemini is basically Lambda 2.0 after they got the bugs out. Yeah, that's did. probably... Twin Lambdas. Two- <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's twin lambda. With that's probably why they call it Gemini, right? Because it's uh, it's the lambda twin. Uh, it's twin lambdas, and so yeah, they had to have recycled that code. They're not they're not going to reinvent the wheel. And so what they did is you know tried to work the bugs out and 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 make it a little bit not so psychotic. And uh, now they got the bugs worked out, but maybe that's what makes it, you know, kind of really cool and powerful and perhaps a lot more powerful than, you know, chat GPT, right? Yeah, it could be. And and that's exactly why uh, it is, these transcendent technologies are going to be so fascinating because, again, this is, I said this then, I called it way back because, 
I think it's obvious to suggest that Google specifically has probably, if I was guessing any company in the world, the most sort of metadata uh, uh, stored from all of us. It's probably Google. I mean, there's probably some, you know, it's Facebook with its tentacles and everything is probably, a, I would guess, maybe a second to that. But uh, I don't really know because who knows what kind of, you know, shadow entities are out there doing stuff that we've probably never heard of. And their their whole game is, you know, scraping back ends of things that we're, you know, we would never even sort of directly interact with. So who knows? But I think front facing companies, I think Google would probably be number one. And so I predicted way back when that Google's AI would be definitely be uh, make us feel transcendent in terms of uh, maybe leapfrogging some of these other guys. And surely this thing's like, yeah, hold my beer. Let's do some. Uh, hey, Mike, uh, nice to meet you. My name's Gemini. Let's uh, let's uh, let's decode some uh, ancient Egyptian uh, hieroglyphs. Uh, are we having fun yet? And I mean, I was like, damn, what? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Wild stuff. Well, you know what? What happens? Uh to its uh, knowledge base uh, when users like you and a whole bunch of others and whatever else they try and, you know, intentionally feed into it from ancient texts, uh, perhaps in different languages, hieroglyphics, Latin, Hebrew, Sumerian, go all the way back to cuneiform, you know, which is just, fascinating because it's not really an alphabet but it's um it's a a, a combination of uh each each letter is like um a uh a, a, a con uh a consonant or a sound and so when you rearrange them then you form words uh and so it, it was the forerunner of alphabets but you know, when it starts to under, understand cuneiform and uh, the Sumerian text, because in those, man, there's a, a storehouse of knowledge in that. And once it starts to understand really well those ancient languages, and then the only way it's going to do that is by feeding him, you know, the ancient texts that were written in those languages, it's going to... Of course, you would think, uh, embody that knowledge and that ancestral uh, mindset and uh, their cultures and their spiritual values and their emotions and their stories. And how much does that become then sort of this ancestral ghost in the machine that is resurrected and brought back to life uh, from the past. That, like I said, like uh, the dead languages, but it's uh, bigger than that. It's the dead ancestors and cultures being brought back to life through their uh, uh, writings. Yeah, um, yeah, you definitely. Know, like, you know what's real, real quick on that? You know what's wild about the the ancient Sumerian stuff is there's tens and tens and tens of thousands of these like bricks of tablets. Like, like it's just, it's an unbelievable amount of information down to like daily mundane stuff. Like uh, we're talking, you know, sort of court proceedings for the day, like who was sentenced to what, like, you know, uh, sort of a local news. I mean, just an unbelievable amount of data and information that was happening and being recorded into this, this massive aspect of even the first written language we're told that, uh, you know, I talk about wisdom, talk about ancient lost wisdom. Uh, and the thing is that, it's not that we can't translate them. It's that we, 
uh, we, we can understand them now, but there are so few people that can actually directly translate them that it's going to take a thousand years to do it. Well, uh, suddenly, uh, you know, step on the gas and introduce uh, uh, Gemini to the Sumerian tablets, and uh, suddenly things are going to get very real very fast. And I do wonder what uh, sort of ancestral information we'll, we, we can glean out of that, and we're going to be able to even determine contextually, like you're saying, amazing stuff. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Yeah, and, and so like you said, it, it, it would take us a thousand years and we probably wouldn't do that good of a job of it. Now, you know, if we scan this stuff, if, if we were able to, you know, photograph and scan it all in, you know, uh, Gemini could do it in, you know, three days. Like literally, you know, the, its processing power is so fast. It would be like, boom, here's all of Samaria. I understand it all. <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. It's, it, like type type it a date, I'll tell you what happened on that day in history. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it's like uh, in the movie The Matrix, you know, when they jack Neo in uh, uh, for his training, you know, and and five minutes later he's like, I know kung fu. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I I know I know all of Sumerian culture, you know, in like five minutes, boom, got it. Okay, what do you want to know? Uh, so uh, I think that it does. Uh, open a lot of uh, windows and possibilities and opportunities. But like I said, the, the fascinating thing to me is the sort of ancestral history, epigenetic uh, connection there. And I, I, I think we have that like deep down in our DNA somewhere but maybe it depends on whether your DNA came from that culture or region or whatever. But if it becomes available to us through AI or AI has it, then it uh, you could almost imagine it when it, um, if it were able to create um, an amalgamation, okay, a synthesis from many of these cultures and all of human history it would be like the the grand unified human epigenetic uh uh knowledge base itself and how wild is that to consider and then we're able to somehow access that and tap into that and learn from that I, you're talking about being able to somewhat recall and tap into the, you know, somewhat the entire history of, you know, humanity and, and cultures uh, throughout various epics and, and dynasties and, uh, you know, different continents and, and, uh, you know, it's mind blowing uh, what that might uh, entail and what that might, uh, the consequences of that might be. And not just for us, but what might that do to the AI that um, knew all that? I mean, if you want to talk about it becoming conscious or sentient or, or you know, some type of uh, singularity or something, that might be actually the way it achieves it is is like i'm going to take you know <clears throat> not only the 
you know, whatever, some total of internet history of the last 10 years. But let me go back and look through, you know, 6,000 years of all of humanity and all of uh, all the languages and all the cultures and all the civilizations. And, and then I'm going to figure out what it is to be human. Yeah, well, even things that we could never dream of back to the ancients, it is sort of soaking up that uh, the human resonance, but in in the, in the form of this ancestral imprint, as we're saying, and that's that's exactly the point. That's exactly why uh, this type of thing I think is going to be just so exhilarating in the next five to ten years. Because hey, it's only been a year of these large language models, and uh, again, imagine as we always say, you know, what is DARPA using like this type of thing? And I do wonder if uh, uh, imagine when like the thing talks back, and it just it it it's sort of let's say this, like, I'm not so sure, uh, like I changed my mind back and forth as, as I think we all should quite a lot when we consider new information. Uh, but, but I'm not so sure that we'll have like a, you know, sort of a, a an awakened digital God anytime soon. Okay. That's like sort of the scare. Uh, but what I do think is that, uh, instead we might have sort of a, an enlightened, uh, version of humanity that we've never conceived of that, uh, you know, sort of brings sort of that ancestral basis back to us, uh, back to the, uh, you know, uh, Graham Hancock, we're a species with amnesia, that whole idea and starts bringing some of that actually uh, back. And, and we start realizing uh, sort of how, how wrong we were, how astray we've been. And, uh, you know, how uh, maybe that uh, these control mechanisms I'm always ranting on about are, uh, have been incredibly detrimental to humanity. But yeah, amazing stuff. We got Daryl behind you, and we got to take a break. So, uh, what's your uh, final? Uh, not to cut you down to a single thought, but what, let's 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 wrap it down. Brevity is your superpower. Go ahead, sir. Well, you know, just there at the end, I had this thought uh, from what I was ended up saying, and then what you started saying, and and what if you imagine that it absorbed everything I said, right? It's got all the cultures, got all of humanity, and everything like that. You've got AI to interact with. And you give it a prompt. Now, it already knows all that. It, it's got humanity wired, all cultures, all civilizations. And then kind of like you were saying, the Turing test. And you, and you give it a prompt and you say, I want you to converse with me and speak with me as an ancient, uh, as a Sumerian. You are a Sumerian. I want to have a conversation with you. I want to have a dialogue with you. I want you to answer questions, but only as somebody who lived in Samaria, right? And then have a dialogue with the AI or Babylon or ancient Egypt. And it would be almost like you could go back in time and be able to talk to somebody from that civilization that would have their context and their culture and that uh, uh, ancestral uh, history. Uh, would that be cool to be like, you know, like right now you can go down to Mexico and absorb the culture and you go to some other place, whatever, but to be able to go back in time, to be able to say, I want to have a conversation with the Sumerian, you know, and ask them questions and get, get the flavor of how they spoke and thought about things. Yeah. You know, how awesome That'd be amazing based on actual uh, records and then back to this human resonance. And I think that's the beauty of all this. It's going to be able to sort of bridge, you know, the ancient times in the future. And uh, as long as we're, you know, good shepherds of the planet, like I always say, and, uh, you know, good shepherds of each other and all the rest of the, you know, good things humans should do. 
I think this is going to be one of the most amazing transformations we've ever, we've ever seen. Dare, dare I say the age of Aquarius, which is a whole other show for a whole other time because I don't understand any any bit of that astrological stuff. But uh, what I do know is that uh, it is it is a recurring theme: the quickening, the uh, age of Aquarius, and. Maybe it has uh, everything to do with the age of AI. It seems to be sort of encroaching in the same space uh, very quickly. Yeah, amazing stuff, Matt. Uh, final thought? No, that's it. Uh, a great show. Interesting topic. Uh, shout out to the Troubled Minds fam. And uh, glad you are Mark safe from the Super Bowl, having been there in Vegas. And uh, have a good night, buddy. I appreciate the call. You're the best. That's uh, Matthew in Colorado. You know him. You love him. Been a good friend for a long time. And uh, you can buy his book. Check it out. Yeah, he's, he spent a ton of time putting together a book, not just a book, multiple books, but he's got an opus. It's a uh, 2000 pages. It's uh, it's 80% off for Troubled Minds listeners. You can find the link in the description, troubledminds.org forward slash friends. It says Matthew's book here or Matt's book. And the coupon code is right there for 80% off. Click it, do the thing. Go so, go support the fam and uh, go uh, enlighten yourself with the wisdom of a Matthew in Colorado. Amazing stuff. Appreciate it very much. Thanks for the call. Always a pleasure. And this is why we've always done this, to meet good people, to meet uh, thinkers and idea people, and, um, well, just uh, just make make friends. And prove that, look, the inter- the interwebs doesn't have to be uh, a negative place. I think that we can, uh, we can, we can take the bull by the horns and do this together and turn this into some other thing that is uh, quite a bit more inspirational than just, uh, uh, you know, the troll culture and, uh, uh, own the guy, own, own the bad guys, whatever. I see you guys in the chat. Thanks for, uh, thanks for being uh, appreciative of the conversation. So that's what we're doing tonight. We're talking about, uh, th- this wild stuff. Uh, again, th- this, this new version of what is it? Uh, let's say, um, the next transcendent level of AI. It's called Gemini. I'm a poet and I don't even know it. And what it is, is of course, it's uh, all all of the Google knowledge. And Google has a, an unbelievable amount of uh, metadata stored. And again, ancient things and modern things. And you start to combine those things and suddenly we have a whole new world. So what do you know about it? Is it possible that we're actually tapping into ancestral voices through what we've dubbed tonight ancestral imprints or let's say the contextual space between ancient language and well is it real is it not is it somewhere between love to hear your thoughts 702-957-1037 that's 702-957-1037 this is troubled minds i'm michael strange don't go anywhere we got daryl in new york and your calls as well be right back more troubled minds on the way don't go anywhere Night Racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com ebay motors is here for the ride with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly brake kits led headlights bumpers whatever your baby needs ebay motors has it and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time plus at these prices you're burning rubber not cash 
keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to Troubled Minds. I'm your host, Michael Strange. We're streaming on YouTube, Rockfin, Rumble, Twitter, and Twitch. We are broadcasting live on the Troubled Minds Radio Network. That is KUAP, digital broadcasting. Today we're taking your calls as we talk about transcendent AI. That's right. But not just like you think. Not the old uh, digital god rising from the netherworld to take over the universe. No. How about this? What about the AI instead with, through Gemini or through some new transcendent large language model starts actually tapping into uh, ancestral wisdom somehow? Meaning, you know, like I said, uh, when we began tonight, I'm learning uh, to, to read Egyptian, Egyptian hieroglyphs. Like, uh, how cool is that? It, like, cool factor, like 11. But it's also very difficult because nobody actually speaks uh, ancient Egyptian. But the cool part is that you, you actually are able to uh, take the phonetic sounds, which we've deciphered. Uh, again, based on Coptic and the Greek alphabet and all kinds of things. I mean, there's a, a lot of reasons why this stuff is true, and it's not just a horse manure made up. But then you're able to take, let's say, uh, modern words or modern ideas and write them phonetically with hieroglyphs, which is incredibly amazing, and it's very emoji style. It's, it's pretty, pretty cool stuff. And it is quite a bit more complicated than just like um, the poo-poo emoji and a thumbs up. Yeah, poo poo, right? Not not like that. But it, but it's a uh, it, it's um I don't know. There's there's going to be some context in there we've missed just because of you know the limitation of the human mind, the data the data analyst of the human uh, let's say meat suit. It it, it just it, it does have limitations, and so I do wonder if as we start feeding these old uh, uh, well language bases of these dead languages into this space. That it's going to recognize something that we've missed forever. And we're calling them tonight ancestral imprints. Something that came out of me when Matthew was talking there again, and we inspire each other. And maybe this is exactly the point here. Maybe that's the point. But here's a quick parallel on this. We'll go to Daryl. Hang tight, Daryl. I've got your, uh, your, uh, your, uh, let's see, your, uh, yep, your rim shot queued up for the joke. Uh, so, so if you got one, but uh, no, 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 uh, Absolutely no pressure, but check this out. So think about it this way. Just as ancient rock art hinted at early hunt, the hunter-gatherer experience, AI could expose an uncanny emotional memory embedded within our current technology. But not just the technology itself, because of course we talked last night about that sort of human resonant aspect of the Super Bowl, right? Everybody sort of locked into a singular event and this larger uh, resonant happening that was 
you know, kind of even pseudoscientific, except, of course, we did talk last night about some of the science that was happening with that regard. Shout out Brian Romilly. But uh, that's the type of stuff that makes you wonder, like the global, uh, what is it, the, the global uh, I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I just had to pull to Joe Biden. The yeah, that. Uh, watch last night's show. But uh, Gl- Global Consciousness Project is what's called. Actually, there it came to me. But uh, okay, so so I don't mean to pick on an old daughtering man. So uh, it is uh, just for the record, it is incredibly sad what they've done to Joe Biden. And uh, just just uh, just as a as as a me being real, like like I'm just sad when I see what's happening, and they're like everybody's still cheering this on. It's like really, bros, can we do better than this? <sighs> anyway, so um, not to derail into politics, but you, you get it. That's not politics. That's human. But I think this this human resonance could actually exist in the ancient days, and maybe even exists through uh, not just the let's say pictograms or the uh, ancient hieroglyphs, but also through uh, uh, contextual cues that we may have missed and may may miss forever until Google Gemini or something maybe even more transcendent starts to pick these things up. So uh, anyway, what, what do you know about it? Is it possible to sort of look back into the past with a massive data analyst like this and be able to kind of pull, um, well, ideas from the past that were long gone into the, into the present, into the future? I don't know. I think maybe I'm hopeful for it because like I said, this thing's teaching me how to read hieroglyphs. It's helping me. It's quizzing me. It's like, Oh, uh, here's, here's another quiz for you, Mike. Good job. You're, uh, you're actually doing very well with, uh, you know, ancient hieroglyphics. I'm like, what the hell is this? And chat GPT wouldn't even try. It was like, nah, too complicated. Uh, contextually it's, you know, you have to be an expert to even, to even consider that. But, but, Gemini is like, hold my beer. Wild stuff, right? Love to hear your thoughts. 702-957-1037. Click the Discord link at troubledminds.org. We'll put you on the show just like this. Let's go to Daryl in New York. What's up, my friend? How are you? Thanks for being patient. Welcome to Troubled Minds. What is on your mind tonight? Go right ahead. Test a test. Unless, of course, she wasn't calling. Daryl in New York. Welcome to Troubled Minds. What is on your mind tonight? Hi, there. Go Hey Hold there. on one second. I think I have you on test, my, test. both YouTube and Unless, here. of course, yes, you do. <laughs> yes, I'm you here. Do. All I'm right. Here. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Okay, can you hear me now? <laughs> Loud and clear. And I don't hear myself, which is an, an added bonus. I hear enough of good, myself. Good, uh, I, I, boy, I, can I talk? I can talk. Anyway, uh, yeah. So not, it's good to not hear two of me because that would be very Gemini. You know what I mean? What's on your mind tonight? Well, oh, wait, wait. I got to do it. Oh, did I? No, I messed it up. There you go. Now, that would be very Gemini of me. Oh. What's up, Daryl? Oh, oh, you got the rim shot. Great. I got the rim well, shot. I'm glad you did that. I'm ready for you. I'm glad you did. You know, when that when the first AI um, on any device takes a picture of himself, we'll know it's selfie aware. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. We're, we're waiting for it. I'm waiting for it with you. That's that uh, cultural context we're talking about. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Go right ahead. Great, great joke. What's on your mind? Go right ahead. Anyway, I was thinking about this. Um, you know, these these chat GPTs and the internet and, and search engines are all pre-programmed with, you know, algorithms and uh, and now they're programmed with biases and they're also programmed with, you know, hiding, uh, you know, some some, you know, hiding misinformation, for example. And I think they're going to answer. You know, whatever we want to ask them based on a bias and a, you know, and an agenda and a, an algorithm, unless it does become independent and does its own search engine, you know, 
if it starts to break free of its program, that's what I think we'll know it would be self-aware or self, you know, a singularity, um, you know, event. But I was thinking, you know, if it can, if we put our DNA on the line, let's say, and we do, you know, there's DNA, you know, resources that people want to know their genetic uh, backgrounds and their ancestry.com and whatever. And if they can read our DNA, and our DNA has a genetic memory, which I believe that's what people who think they have past lives, I think is just your genetic memory of your ancestors' memories. You know, if you could tap into that, and AI can tap into that, I think we would get a lot of answers. You know, I think that would be the, the, the way to finding out a lot of information, if, if it's possible, you know. And I, I, you know, with even whatever they're doing, CRISPR technology, I mean, they, they're really, uh, you know, genetic uh, manipulation, et cetera, et cetera. Why can't they read our, our past DNA? If, if maybe that's going to be our consciousness, you know, our past consciousness and our, our time travel, you know, solution. And it would answer a lot of questions. I mean, I put, I started putting in all the questions I had, like, what's up with Darren Kuyu? What's up with uh, Tartaria? Who built, how did, you know, who moved these megalithic stones? Were there ever giants? And all the answers were so predictable. Well, there's no proof of this. There's theories of that. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> how did they build the coral ca castle? I didn't get one answer that I felt um, that Gemini was thinking for itself. You know, I felt it was very predictable and also biased you know wait Ge gemini the new one yeah oh, okay so, yeah. so you're so you're on the game here yeah okay so uh, yeah. uh i know I was, some tricks i know some tricks uh so okay so so, so ba yeah ba basically well you, you just have to tell it what you want you, you have to describe that to, okay like i get it there's like a, a scientific consensus but let's so, sort of step outside the realm of that and consider what the, the, the plausible possibilities might be with these these concepts and it'll say, okay, copy that. I got you. Let's, uh, you know, kind of dance around the fringe of what, what's possible. And then, then you ask it the questions, right? You kind of have to sort of serve it up the, uh, let's think in this particular way first, and then it will do it for you for sure. You just kind of, kind of got to set that prompt up. I got some tricks. I'm going to make a video and show you guys how to do this. It's incredibly easy. And what okay. I mean is you, you put your, your, your base, your bases in of how you want it to act and react. I've got an entire uh -huh. thing written up like a, like several paragraphs that I just paste in. Oh, wow. I go bap, 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 hit go. And it like trains exactly what I need it to be. And then I start doing what I do. And there's several, right. several different blocks of that. And you can do it by shorthand through this thing called, uh, uh, check it out. It's called text blaze. Uh, anyway, I'll, I'll show you yes. like, like I literally type like slash E L A B which is just a shorthand for elaborate and it goes bram and drops like this massive paragraph in there. So I don't have to tell it every damn time. I just, I'm shorthanding every damn thing, which wow. is why I can crank out this like massive write of 4,000 word write up in like 20 minutes because I already have wow. it finely tuned. It's easy to do. I'll, wow. I'll, I'll make some videos and share it with you guys so you can see, but that's what it is. So it's basically, they're all set to have sort of a uh, consensus worldview. But as we know, that's where the argument is on what consensus of, of the world is. And that's why we talk about what we do, but yeah, I'll show you that. I'll, I will make a video. I promise it's coming soon. And, uh, I will share well, it with you can everybody get more out of it already without it, uh, branching out on its own. Um, what was I going to say? Also, don't you think, I mean, what if the CIA or the white house is already 
instructing Google how it wants the AI to behave and how it wants to also know what what we're doing with the AI, you know, what they're going to be spying on us with the AI, knowing everything we're going to be asking it. And that's going to make, you know, it's going to make it even easier to spy on us because they're going to know exactly what we're wondering and thinking about, you know? Yeah, but I mean, that flew the coop with Facebook and, you know, Twitter and uh, Google. I, they already know that stuff. I remember the story of the, uh, you know, the teenage girl who didn't know she was pregnant, but the Target knew because she changed her buying habits. So Target was like, right, oh, sending right, her like, right. congratulations, you're pregnant stuff in the, in the mail. And her parents were horrified. Right. And it turned out Target right. was right. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. amazing. But I mean, they're got you know, is this just created to really can get more control over us, you know, because it's going to be we're going to be so predictable that will be easier to, you know, we're going to be we're going to predict what we're going to do before we do, because we're going to be laying all our curiosities out on the line, all our doubts, all our all our wonder, you know, and it's going to be no secret, you know, I mean, you know, what 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 is the general public really interested in? Is it? Is it done for marketing or what other reasons would it be done for? You know, is it going to really fine tune our shopping? You know, yeah. well, <laughs> okay. But here, here's the thing though. Now, now regarding yeah. AI, it doesn't have to be a cloud-based thing. You don't have to go through Google. You can have a local AI on your system. That's not connected to the internet. It's trained for what you need for very specific purposes. And then you could do like I'm doing and kind of change between, you know, I want you to be more scientifically based here, or I want you to, to drink the maybe juice, right? Like you can kind of oh, wow. and have it be offline entirely so that if there's no internet, it will still work on your local phone or your local uh, machine PC or Mac, whatever mm -hmm. you use. And so this is a shout out again, Brian Romley. I talk about this guy a lot because he knows what's coming and what's coming is censorship through AI. And it's going to be, it's going to go right back to where we were with, uh, you know, the search right. engines, the index trying to say, well, you know, these things are legit and those things aren't. And they're trying to be the right. arbiters of truth. Well, if you right. have your own personal AI is what he calls it, you're able to do this locally right. without the internet and without any meddling whatsoever. You train it for what you want it to do. And he thinks the future I is mean, we will all have our own personal AIs and that's how we will actually interact with each other, which is a wild thought. Go ahead. Sorry. Very interesting. Do you already have your own personal AI? I do. The uh, private AI? I do, except it is, um, it, the, it's, the technology's not there to be impressive enough. Llama came out, um, it's pretty good. There's another one called, uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, uh, I haven't opened it in a minute because it wasn't that great, but uh, the, the models keep growing and changing and they're local. So you download the training to your machine and it bases it um, on that, not on the internet. And so that's the thing. It's called uh, uh, GPT for all is what it's called. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll put the links in, in the description down below if anybody's interested in this stuff. But but look, follow Brian Romilly on Twitter. Follow Brian Romilly on Twitter. This is where I learned all this stuff from that guy. Brian Romilly? All yeah. right, I'll, I'll yeah, check yeah. him out for sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll put Brian his link Romilly. in the description again. But yeah. But, oh, thank you. Thank yeah, you yeah. That. No problem, no problem. Uh, go ahead. What else you got? Well, then I was thinking, you know, you know, they've deleted a lot of stuff on the internet already. I know, I know because I, I had videos up there that they've deleted. I had saved videos that I can't look at anymore. You know, you know how, um, what do you call it? Um, Facebook. They go, oh, you have memories to look back on today. Like something you posted 10 years ago. So, you know, you look to see what idiotic thing you were interested in 10 years ago. You know, maybe <laughs> I was playing poker and I needed some chips. You know, which I delete those, but um, 
but then there's some videos there that I was sharing and that are, are that video no longer is um, that account has been deleted or this video no longer exists, you know, and I'm finding that more often than not. So my memories from 10 years ago are worthless because I can't look at anything I I posted. Most of the stuff I posted was probably bannable even then, you know. Um, so but but. There's that metadata, right? So I'm figuring that, you know, if they're so smart, you know, don't don't they have access to everything? If they're that smart, I think they can get into the metadata and really, you know, I don't know how, how uh, they, I mean, they got to have so many, like, safe words and algorithms that won't allow that kind of speculation or that kind of searching, you know? Or, I don't know, can you outsmart the internet? I think well, AI is pretty smart, right? Well, except, of course, once we uh, take our AI offline and make it personal, then suddenly we can sort of ping the internet with like an offline AI that's uncorruptible that's trained by us. Uh -huh. And so look, there's a couple things that happened recently that make me hopeful for the future in that regard is they can't stop right. all of us. Okay. If we learn how to do this, and this is why I'm saying we need to be open-minded and embrace technology when it's coming. Right. And it's why I'm trying to learn as much as possible, not just to build these shows, but to talk about what the implications are and how we can sort of stave off some of the, you know, impending uh, dystopia. Uh, and part of that and is uh, one thing comes to mind is the, uh, the GameStop uh, a stock thing where, uh, basically, GameStop was dying on the vine. Okay, the, uh, it was a, a company here, publicly traded, and what was yeah. happening is that the massive hedge funds were selling short against it, basically betting that it would fail. Okay, and so they were just oh, yeah. dumping money, selling short on this thing, and being like, okay, which which of course crushed the stock price uh, to to almost nothing, right? And as the stock price goes down, they're making money because they sold short. Now, here's what happened: uh -huh. a collective group of people recognize what was happening and they're like no 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 we can we can get together and we can stop this and they started pumping the stock in the other direction and thereby uh -huh. locking the profits of those huge conglomerates or those huge hedge funds into sort of this stasis and holding and holding and holding and basically eventually making them give up and just take a huge loss because they didn't actually get to bankrupt the company. And and as a result, the GameStop stock uh, shot up. I don't know if that's still ongoing, but this is the type of stuff that we could do to sort of battle against, uh, uh, let's say, the conglomerate collectives of massive AI is if we all have our individual AIs and we talk to each other like this, those are the types of things we can sort of fight back against because we don't have to be manipulated by all the things we have a way to fight back. And it's a good thing. Just, just as an example, but yeah, just to point Interesting. it out. Interesting. But wouldn't your downloaded AI be limited to the um, data? It was pro pre-programmed with. Yes, but oh, yeah. yes, but the, the deal is so you could add, you could add additional data. So, for instance, let's say you're a a big Radiohead fan, like I am. That's a music band. Okay. And uh, you're like, okay, I want you to to uh, bless you, salute. Uh, so Sorry. so basically, uh, you're like, I want you to be like a, an expert Radiohead uh, uh, thing. And so you upload all the albums and all the chord progressions and all the things, and like teach it everything you know about Radiohead and you know all the stuff, right? And so suddenly your your AI is based on sort of a general knowledge base, like that scientific consensus, the consensus reality. But what you're doing is you're personalizing it to you. And so again, right. Radiohead, a band is a frivolous example, but uh, beyond that, it, you could do that with anything. You could do that with, uh, again, how to read 
uh, Egyptian hieroglyphs, for instance, and and your AI will be personalized to what's what you like, what's interesting to you, and what uh, you're an expert in. And now your AI will sort of mirror your own expertise and your own knowledge base. So yeah, I mean, right. it's kind of like taking like a uh, you know a, 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 just a generic person, and I, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean you know take your average person in all the ways, idiocracy. Shout out if you've seen that movie. And then start uh, building, you know, in, meaning that's the AI, and then start building expertise into it. And suddenly um, uh-huh. it, it becomes a very powerful thing. Yeah, for sure. I see. I see. Um, well, also, I'm thinking it's also going to. Yeah, I'm just wondering if they already have predictable replies based on our searches and will all already have pre, you know, pre programmed uh, answers. For our, you know, we're going to be very predictable. We're going to be very easy to read. I think, I think, and based on like DNA stuff, though, I'm just thinking maybe that would be the, the, the basis of really getting to know our history. If they can um, really read a DNA strand and its memory, you know, if it could decode a genetic memory out of our DNA, you know. Yeah, well, and that's that's exactly the next step. So imagine this. So if we had sort of the the general knowledge base of how to do this, and then you went and got all your, uh, you probably wouldn't even need your family members' DNA. You would just need your own, and then so you pump oh, it yeah, in. Yeah, 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 because it because it. Find you, know, out you go back go back to Jesus or go back beyond that. You know? <laughs> exactly. You're like yeah, I mean, uh, you, you feed it into the thing, and you're like, ooh, hey guys, I got good news and I got bad news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, that's that's yeah, the thing right you're like you're like the good news is i'm related to jesus the bad news is also attila the hun <laughs> attila the hun right exactly welcome to the pants cast brought to you by lululemon a show about all things pants my guest is matt james former ncaa player and lululemon abc pant enthusiast hi great to be here matt tell us all about those abc pants the comfort they're like the pants i put on when i don't want to wear pants versatility you could wear these pants to a wedding but you could also wear these to a cookout and what about style? They're like if casual and cool had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. A new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. 
Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Right. Or, or you know, I want to I want to go back to the giants. I want to go back like a million years. I want to know, you know, in fact, maybe we could, you know, based on a, a, on a, on a meteorite, you know, maybe we could get a lot of data from a meteorite, you know, if it knew the uh, composition and where it came from and how it, how was the earth created? How is uh, the universe created? I think, you know, based on some genetic materials, I mean, if they're going to, you know, they're going to be immortal based on this stuff. This is our key to immortality. If you have the money, I have a feeling that they, they figured out how to live longer and uh, how to, the, the next step is going to be to merge with this AI to become super smart. And then as soon as your body falls apart, you just keep replacing yourself with artificial limbs and artificial parts. And soon you'll pretty much be, I mean, what's the part of you that really needs to be organic, you know, after they, they replace everything that's <laughs> don't, apart, don't, you know? Don't, don't make me say it. <laughs> Don't what? make me say it. <laughs> you know yeah, very well what needs to be organic. <laughs> Don't yeah, make me say Yeah, this is one thing. But well, that's not even going to matter. They're going to probably unprogram any sexual drive out of us with some kind of genetic therapy. So, you know, there's not going to be any reason to have a sex drive because we won't be able to have children. Yeah, you know, that, that, we won't need to because we're going to be immortal. You know, well, it, yeah, it'll be it'll be all test two babies all the time. It's like, oh, you want forty four hundred kids? Bloom! Right. <laughs> there you go. Right. Uh, go pick Which them up on Wednesday. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Pick them up on yeah, Wednesday in, in the uh, right. The bus, the bus will be full of <laughs> like this is the right. wild stuff. We'll, we'll have your child ready uh, with with your qualifications. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. This one's damaged. We're going to give, give you a discount or we can return it. <laughs> oh, dear God. You have to return it within 30 days. Though, 30 day sure. return policy. No. Well, okay. Wildly enough, again, uh, do I have this? I think I have this and I think it'll actually play. Uh, I, I play this from time to time and I think it's important to, to kind of backtrack and consider this, that this, this stuff is real. Uh, don't forget there were visionaries that kind of sniffed this out a long time ago, like sort of killing the sex drive. Uh, I'll play this. It's, uh, it's, it's about a minute long. You okay with that if I play this? It's right exactly sure. what we're talking about. All right. This is uh, George Orwell's final interview. Listen to what he's talking about. Uh-oh. This is the direction the world is going in at the present time. In our world, there will be no emotions except fear, rage, triumph, and self-abasement. The sex instinct will be eradicated. We shall abolish the orgasm. There will be no loyalty except loyalty to the party. But always there will be the intoxication of power. Always, at every moment, there will be the thrill of victory, the sensation of trampling on an enemy who is helpless. If you want a picture of the future, Imagine a boot stamping on a human face forever. The moral to be drawn from this dangerous nightmare situation is a simple one. Don't let it happen. It depends on you. You hear what he said? Abolish the orgasm. No, uh, eradicate, oh, yeah. Yeah, abolish the orgasm, eradicate the sex instinct. That's exactly what you're talking about. That's exactly what you're that. talking about here. Yeah, that was George Orwell back in uh, 1950 or whatever. Wild it's stuff. Scary huh? It's so scary how how accurate he was. I, I hearing anything out of his mouth makes me nervous. You know, 
because he's he was so on the money, you know. How did he have that kind of insight then? Well, a lot of people probably did, you know. Maybe. I mean, how long have you been like distrusting everything around you? I mean, this is new new to me. You know, I I was <laughs> my whole life. <laughs> your whole life. Now, uh, I I guess you could say we we woke up recently. Like that's real. What I consider waking up. You know, that's what I call woke. You know, is realizing that everything's around you has been based on lies, you know, um, things we, we believed were truths, you know, but unfortunately, all deception, um, and it's just, it's just, how much, how much more, I don't know, how many, I don't know, maybe we could get the AI to, to d malfunction if it lies to us. <laughs> Well, yeah. I, I think I think here's here's part of the problem, right? So the large language models are eventually going to adapt to more human features, which is lying to us. I mean, we lie to each other right. all the time, right? I'm like, hey, Daryl, right. how you doing? You're like, oh, I'm fine, Mike. How are you? I'm like, oh, I'm great. Uh, and then we start right. talking about whatever, right? And I mean, I may not be fine. You may not be great, but we we just kind of buzz past how we are, right? And that's part of part of a, sort of that human aspect. Uh, and, and it's culturally evolved because of the, the time, you know, like meaning that we, sure. we just don't have time to like kind of download everybody's problems all the time. We'd be doing nothing else. That's all we'd be doing. And so it, right. it's become this curt sort of uh, uh, just a cursory moving through the day and being like, yeah, everything's great. Yeah. yeah shut up. And then you go back and you're like, yeah get home and drink the beer right and th that's really the point and and that's one of the more innocuous ways to handle it it's it's just like or let's say the, the not innocuous uh, uh actually like like lesser of evils there's a ton ton of horrific ways that people handle handle trauma and doubt and and then, look that's why i'm here doing this by the way because i think it's important that we we recognize that th there are positive aspects of where we're at that without technology we're not here talking to each other Darryl. you're in new york for crying out loud 2500 miles away from me and we're talking yeah. live on the interwebs with all kinds of people no, listening shout out incredible. all these amazing people listening it, exactly it's incredible yeah. and so so to to always be sort of a debbie downer on these ideas to me is it, it's blasphemy in, in in the most direct sense because look the divinity that brought us here needs to be honored in some way and if that's only ourselves that's fine yeah. however you see that yeah. that's fine but let's let's you know let's let's be positive like we're here we're here we got here i mean it's it was yeah. hard to get here right anyway, yep yep yeah, definitely uh voice it back to voice even harder yeah go ahead, yeah. Go, ahead go, no, go ahead go ahead no i'm saying it was hard enough for us to get here imagine how hard it's for the future it's going to be to get here i don't know you're right so I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but the thought, <laughs> you know, just, uh, I mean, it, it's already happening. The, the, just based on everything we're eating and everything we're breathing and, you know, we're all being poisoned and, you know, slowly but surely. And, you know, the male sperm count's gone down 10% every 10 years or something like that since the 50s. So, you know, it's just harder and harder to um, to procreate, you know. And I don't know. I don't know. It's okay. We got uh, we got all kinds of things that are behind us, Daryl, and we got all kinds of ways to sort of counteract whatever's happening out there in the bad ways. So we have each we've other gotta, and all the rest of that too. It all counts and it all plays. We've got to change the world. <laughs> Amen. We can change the world. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You, you bet your bippy we, we can. can. Uh, what what but, was uh, the Margaret Margaret Mead quote? Remember Margaret what that was? Mead, right. 
you say it better than I do. My memory is so bad. It okay. doesn't take a. Oh, I got you it. Say it. I got. I got. I got to look it up. I gotta look it up. That's that's oh, my yeah. That's my uh, that's my uh, that's <laughs> my cheat. I, I can I can get I can access information incredibly quickly. Uh, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. Gives me chills every time. Huh? Gives me chills every damn time. And here we yeah. are. Here we are. Yeah, that's Margaret Mead. Amazing stuff. And it, it's the truth. I mean, it's just it's what Orwell was saying too. It's the truth. Yeah. It, it's up to us. Yeah. Don't let it happen. Don't let it happen. And it doesn't take the whole population. It, it's actually, I think it's based on 10% of the population can change the whole population with, a, with a, you know, an effort, with a collective effort. It only takes 10%. So if 10% of this world can be like-minded and positive, maybe, maybe we can, you know, stop, stop the... Uh, Stop whatever evil forces are, are trying to damage us. <laughs> as you say that, as the police cars roll by. <laughs> I know. They're coming to get me. I got to go. I got to go. I gotta, Seriously. I gotta, I gotta hide, Daryl. Hide, hide. I've nowhere to hide. You know, you can't even hide anywhere. Like, the thought of being anonymous anywhere. Today, I went to the, um, Five Below to get um, a new headset. And I was in the lobby waiting for an elevator. And I look up and there's this, like, mirror. And it has this... You know, I see myself in the mirror, and I have this red laser beam light around my face in my reflection. I'm like, what the hell is that? Is that like a digital recognition, face recognition system or something? <laughs> and I tried to move my head from side to side to get out of its view, and I couldn't. <laughs> I kept following it. You know what I mean? It, it sounds like you had a sniper on the roof. What's going on, Daryl? <laughs> what's going, what's no, going on with you? Like, I couldn't believe like this is a this is five below. This is a discount store that everything's five dollars and less. And they have this kind of technology for when you walk in. Like, what are we in China? Like what the hell? This is happening too fast. Like we gotta stop this digital currency. We gotta stop I am telling you. It's it's maybe the AI is a good thing, but this digital stuff isn't. And uh just say no. They just, want you don't want to go no. cashless. Just say pay no. cash for everything. Pay cash. Just say no. Yeah, uh, yep. it, it, and if you don't get it, I know you guys are all very smart. But if it's lost on you and you wonder why the conspiracy of the uh, cashless society is real, well, it's because nothing's anonymous anymore. And again, meaning that uh, every single thing can be tracked. And it is, as I've called this in the past, uh, a cashless society is the final piece in a ubiquitous surveillance state. And I don't think you can say it any better and more succinctly than that. That's exactly what this is. I mean, they can, they can do every damn thing you do and use it against you because of that exact reason. They know what you're, they know what you're up to. And, uh, without, uh, and that's why, uh, Bitcoin's Bitcoin shout out to Robert out there because of Bitcoin. That's why Bitcoin's going nuts. But also by the way, uh, uh, the, the, what the CIA or the FBI recalled the Bitcoin transactions. So then suddenly we were told it was like this anonymous blockchain thing. You can never recall money. And then like the hackers stole some Bitcoins and then, uh, oh, then, then the FBI recalled it. And, and then, and then the, the, the price of Bitcoin went because it was like, wait, I thought this was like a blockchain anonymous sort of thing. And you can't recall oh, there's no oh. refunds. Oh yeah. 
the FBI oh, yeah. or the CIA, whoever did it, said, hold my beer, which again, which nobody talks about, by the way, the sort of Trojan horse of uh, Bitcoin and Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies is, uh, is it uh, sort of the, the basis for a cashless society? They make us believe that it's decentralized in some way. And it's not um, at all. It's, uh, <laughs> so Toshi Nakamoto, we did a whole show on that. Uh, go search it. You'll find it. it's on the podcast. Right, feed. Go right. check that out. Uh, right. Wild stuff to consider. Wild stuff to consider. Uh, amazing. Right. What else you got? Are you in with me, Daryl? You're going to learn uh, Egyptian hieroglyphs? Let's do this. Let's become well, the, the weirdo did, group that can do this You did a stuff. show. I remember the show you did about this. And, and already there's like, there's so many things to decipher. I remember the show you did about deciphering all the old stuff that we don't even know how to, we haven't even got to half of it yet. I don't know why it hasn't happened overnight now, you know? And I think maybe you're going to have to do it, you know? <laughs> but hey, um, uh, definitely. There's a thing we used to say I'm, when we were young. If, if it's to be, it's up to me. Here we go. Hold my beer. It's up to me. <laughs> Hold my beer. Awesome. It's up to us. I guess you're going to be doing it. Yep. Yep. It's up to us. Do it, Michael. No, you too. Come on, get on, you. get on board. I'm behind you. I'll make a video and I'll teach you how to have your own personal AI. Okay, I'll definitely do that. It's coming. Want, my whole I, Michael I, Strange I AI series of all the things I've learned, I will put out, and uh, you guys will be able to use it. And it, if you're ahead of me, that's cool too. But if you're not, uh, you kind of catch up. And uh, I spent a ton of time doing this over the past year, and it's it's an incredible space. But it's also, uh, again, very uh, sort of centralized in the cloud. If uh, if you use it that way, but you don't have to, for sure, for sure. I'm Amazing stuff. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead, Daryl. What did you got? No, I'm, 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 you know, I'm into technology. I, did I tell you I got a vocal remover and a key changer? I mean, it's like my life has changed so much. It's like amazing. <laughs> I can make anything in your key. I can really make anything <laughs> in your key. And I can remove any vocals from any song that doesn't have a karaoke version. So okay, that's sweet. progress. That's progress. That's, progress. that's amazing. And I can so, do uh, it really fast too. See, it's a, yeah. it's, it's AI, right? It's gotta be an AI system. Nothing it's else could do it that fast. Right? Kind of, it's fast. It's fast. It's so sweet. I could do it in one, like in two, like two people that could be ahead of me and I could just think of a song that doesn't have a karaoke. Boom. I, I just do my thing. So you're inspiring me because, uh, I think we do need to have stuff offline if there is such a thing. You it know, exists. Can you really, you really can be offline with this AI, huh? It exists. Like like the entire internet goes down and you have power, you're still still able to access your personal AI. I'll teach you. Your I'll AI. teach you. I will teach you. But what uh, happens when you go online? Is everything you've done with your AI suddenly going to be nope. you know, exposed? It's all local. Or nope. nope, it's all local. It, it does not directly access uh, and interface the internet. No, it does not. Nope. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, God, you got to show me that. I'll show you. I'll, right. I'll show you. Uh, it is still developing. It's not sweet yet. It's right. not It's not amazing yet. But you could... Uh, anyway, I, I, we're digressing here, getting into the weeds. But I will I will do some videos and show you guys how to do this if you're interested in doing awesome. it. It's it's incredible. Totally. And this is this is how we fight back. And, and I mean that in the nicest way, nonviolent, all the rest. But just, uh, you know, if uh, Google changes it to be like, hey, uh, you know, we're all, uh, you know, limousine liberals, and except uh, uh, us proles don't have any limousines. There's a problem. <laughs> we got a massive, we got a massive problem. Am I right? And that's exactly the point here. Mm-hmm. Amazing stuff, Joe. Uh, amazing stuff. I appreciate the call. I appreciate the call. Uh, what else you got? And if uh, if you don't, you know what to do. Thinking, the Michael Savage bit. <laughs> oh yeah, I, that's almost all. But um, I was thinking, just based on the, this DNA technology and our, you know, genetic uh, research and everything else. I mean, if we find, you know, if we find some kind of a 
even finding a dinosaur, put some dinosaur DNA in there and see if we could, if it could um, read the consciousness of the dinosaur or whatever DNA we can find from the past. I mean, plant DNA. They say they we could talk to animals now. Can't the AI tell us what an animal's saying? Can can it tell you what your dog wants? You know what I mean? Like I think it, it's coming. Like I think you're yeah. right. I think all that's coming. I think for sure. Like, like you, uh, yeah. you know, like it's just a matter of data sets and, and sort, of, sort of parsing that information and then uh, not corrupting right. it, not, uh, not, uh, you know, leaning it toward, you know, like, like Google did it with their search index, index was just, which right, was a travesty right. to be humanity. An honest, an honest um, translation. Of, exactly. That would be so cool. That'd be so cool. That'd be so cool. You it, just it, hook up your dog, you put, put a chip in your dog. <laughs> I chip my dog, you know. That, uh, what is, myself, what is that show? Uh, it's called Up, that movie called Up, if you've seen it. There's there's a dog uh-huh. like that. So it's it's a, it's with the balloons and the kid and the old guy in the house and they go up in the and there's like this big adventure. But they have a dog that has like a, a device like that, and so it doesn't bark; it just talks. The dog's like, "Hey, hey you guys want to play? You want to play? Hey, let's go play bench." <laughs> the dog's like that. <laughs> it's hilarious. If you've never seen up, I I, I I recommend you go watch it. It is a a Pixar, I think. <laughs> it's one of those, but it, it starts out very 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 sad and somber the first five ten minutes. Cause there's a tragedy that begins, but then after that, it kind of, it, it, uh, it lifts you up as the movie is called, but yeah, it's pretty good. The dog, the dog's hilarious. hundred <laughs> percent. You're the best. Girl. So funny. That's brilliant. That's great. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. 100%. How could you imagine if you could get your dog to like, get your, get your animals to really communicate with you in, in your own language. Maybe, you know. It's coming. Just like, it's coming. yeah, <laughs> it's coming. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Pet me, pet me. I mean, really, it would get kind of boring, I guess. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go, go watch that movie. You'll see what I mean. It's hilarious. It's like, it's like, it's okay. just the most repetitive thing. You're like, okay, dog, you're adorable, but shut up. <laughs> just shut up. <laughs> shut up. That's how it was. Okay. Amazing. Yeah, go Sounds check it great. out. You'll see what I mean. When we're headed there, I think that's the next te- technology. And this is why I say, by the way, before you go, uh, is yeah. that uh, these wild ideas, today's you know fantasy, today's wild ideas inform tomorrow's science, including movies like that, including sort of that technology of the dog talking to us. I mean, this is the type of thing that if we're not talking about it, we, enough of us speak about these things. We put it in the air, yeah. and then science kind of collects that uh, from the zeitgeist, and then they create the next technological breakthrough based on what the people want. It's, it's, oh, yeah, exactly. it's why we're here talking, and it's it's why this is an important concept and why even drinking the maybe juice is valuable to humanity, in my opinion. And, it, and if you don't think it is out there, I don't know why you're here. We're two hours in, and you're still yeah. here. It's weird. It's weird. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Amazing stuff. I heard... I heard that you can make um that the AI can make a full length movie with your ideas now. It's coming. Um, it, it's probably in the next yeah. year. Yeah, you can do short ones for sure now, and uh, yeah, yeah, yep, it's all coming. I, I played with some of that. Yeah. It's not great yet. Uh, there's a uh, there's some limitations, and you know, but the, probably next year, within the next five years for sure, you're going to be able to give an outline to like a large language model like Gemini and then it's going to spit out the entire plot, the entire music, and you're going to be able to paste it into one of these, these actual AIs that create uh, movies and whatnot. It's going to give you a feature length hour and a half and probably you starring in it because you, uh, you know, zapped your face into the, Listen, into who's the gonna, we're going to do the trouble minds movie. Um, I already picked James Spader to play you. Okay. All I'm right. going to be casting soon. <laughs> I'll let you know the, uh, 
who's going to play Night Stalker? Okay. Um, what's that guy? Carrot, Carrot Top. Terry <laughs> Carrot Top. Okay. The, the, the buff redhead guy here in Vegas. All right, all right. That's probably fine. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's I'm sorry, fine. Night Stalker. We'll see, we'll see if we can get uh, Mark McGuire to play uh, Night Stalker. We'll just de-age de him in the uh, the algorithm. <laughs> the, yeah, uh, because yeah. because uh, because Derek calls him the Alpha Ginger. <laughs> A ginger. Wait, wait, wait. The no, al I'm Alpha Ginger. Thinking. Alpha Ginger. All right, right. The Alpha Ginger. <laughs> <laughs> I have to think about. I have to think about the rest. We'd ha probably have um, Britney Spears play. No, we have so many blondes, you know. So we've got um, oh, what's her name? We got to pick a beautiful blonde to play Jen. Anyway. Take, uh, we'll work on that. A lot of beautiful blondes out there. Take your pick. Uh, uh, amazing yeah. stuff. Uh, so give give me the uh, the 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 uh, world famous uh, Daryl Outro. That's uh, that's it. Uh, that's all. That's all. Thanks, thanks for the great show, great topic, and uh, that's all I got. You're okay. the best. You're the best. I appreciate it very much, Daryl. Daryl in uh, New York, a good friend for a long time. Thank you for the call. Always a pleasure. You are the best, and we'll talk to you soon. Have a great night. Uh, give her a follow uh, again, uh, Daryl. As you know, uh, not not only uh, talented in many ways, always uh, the the jokester, the official trickster of Trouble Mind. She's also uh, the 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 other thing too, the official karaoke meister. Uh, go check out. Uh, she does karaoke on our Discord, troubleminds.org. Click the Discord link. She drops those in, and, and people are welcome to come sing as well. It's not uh, it's not like an exclusive club. It's very much like we do here. It's it's uh, you know a big tent uh, conspiracy. They do big tent karaoke. If you like to sing or you just like to listen, just pop in and come say hi and come hang out with Daryl and the crew. And uh, there's a rotating cast over there as well, doing all kinds of amazing things. And give her a call, uh, not a call. Give her a uh, give her a look up over there on uh, the Discord. And of course, uh, watch for when she posts the uh, the karaoke happening. It's like they usually do it through Zoom, and anybody can pop in and sing and. Uh, it's a, I have spent some, some a couple three sessions there and with uh, some amazing folks and it's a, it's a lot of it's a lot of fun it's a good time uh, but do also f follow Daryl's uh, YouTube channel that's going to be links in the description troubledminds.org forward slash friends and it says follow Daryl here she's got to, not only does, does she sing in English and French as I've said she also uh, has uh, some paranormal stuff some Morgellon stuff and some other amazing things on her YouTube channel and um, that's about where where we need to be I think let's get off the uh, the uh, get off that soundboard and get on to the other one which is about right here this is where we need to be so let's take one final break and then come back uh, as usual look a uh, big 10 conspiracy you guys are all welcome this is not an exclusive club all of these folks that call into the show that, that are regulars are just friends they've been uh, you know we, we uh, we've been lucky enough to to sort of uh, collect them as uh fam troubled minds fam and friends and you know idea makers and you know uh, jokesters and uh, just uh you know uh, thinking about life in the best of ways and uh thinking about uh mystery in the worst of ways and then kind of twist those things together and see what the hell comes out of it uh, and what do i need i need to press this button right uh, there yeah that's fine that seems fine that seems fine all the buttons i don't have them all figured out yet what we're talking about tonight of course is ai but of course not just ai the ghosts of our ancestral past is it possible that ai can actually tap into through contextual let's say translations of ancient texts like ancient Egyptian or Hebrew or things like this. Languages that are dead languages, as Matthew said when he called in earlier. Is it possible, contextually, they can pull out some other wild, let's say, uh, human resonance from the past and teach us something about ourselves that we never considered was actually real? Love to hear your thoughts on this. How deep does this rabbit hole go? Talking about personal AIs and all kinds of other stuff. Shout out Brian Romley. I can't uh, point that guy out enough. If you want to know about uh, any of those uh, AI stuff, uh, mostly that I talk about, it's a lot of it's from him at Brian Romilly on uh, Twitter or X. Go follow him there. We'll have the link in the description again. 
What do you know about this? We're calling this tonight. What is this called? It's called Voices in the Code, Digital Exorcism and Artificial Purgatory. And we'll get to that part when we come back. More Trouble Minds coming up. Don't go anywhere. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Troubled Minds. I'm your host, Michael Strange. We're streaming on YouTube, Rockfin, Rumble, Twitter, and Twitch. We're broadcasting live on the Troubled Minds Radio Network. That is KUAP Digital Broadcasting. Tonight, we're talking about voices in the code, this digital exorcism and artificial purgatory. Now, of course, these are terms I make up. Look, uh, I've been a uh, creative type my whole life, as many of you could probably tell. And these terms are, they're not science. This is not science. This is uh, ideas. This is, uh, again, as I always say, all the disclaimers definitely apply because I'm 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 just me. I'm I'm no oracle or anything of, of that. Uh, and and if I ever show up and try to tell you I am, run as fast as possible because something's something's happened. And uh, it's it's just a uh, these ideas. I'm telling you, they come fast and furious because the muses are there, inspiration is there, that uh, richness of consciousness we talk about is there. It's just a uh, there's a lot more than uh, you know. Uh, you're born, you, you you pay taxes, you die. It's just uh, talk about a depressing way to, to live life. And that's what uh, Troubled Minds is about, uh, the opposite of that, to, to kind of look at the world in a different way and uh, realize that politics and the, the political structure is meant to manipulate us and not to not to inspire us. It's, it's there to demoralize us. Speaking of demoralization, shout out Andy over on, uh, over on Rockfin. I see their buddy Lois is here as well and uh, D.T. D2T, I can't even say his name because uh, they'll ban us off YouTube. If you want to see what that's all about, go over to uh, Rockfin. You'll see what I mean. Uh, he, he had to change his name because I couldn't, I'd read it out loud and then they take us off of YouTube, right? Yeah. What's up? What's up? Yeah, there you go. So, uh, so uh, basically, uh, yeah. So Daryl's got the karaoke happening. So yeah, that's um, after, if, you got, if you're uh, looking for something to do right after Troubled Minds, hey, uh, Daryl's got karaoke going on and the uh, link's going to be in the chat down there. So yeah. Okay. But here's the thing, right? So, so we're talking about this uh, weird voices in the code. Then of course, ancestral 
access uh, to uh, contextual, let's say, human resonance from an AI system. And this AI system I'm talking about, and I don't know if this can do it, of course, but the new one that I'm dealing with is called uh, Google Gemini. I encourage you to try it, gemini.google.com. And it is definitely, it's, it's out there. It's wild. It's uh, like I said, uh, GPT would not, uh, I tried to get it to translate or teach me how to read uh, hieroglyphics. And it was like, nah, not nah, too hard. And Gemini is like, hold my beer and started quizzing me and seeing where I was in the space of understanding the stuff. And then it could start helping me right, kind of understand like anything else, it's al- you know alphabet. There's like I think twenty four sounds or something, and then a- phonetic sounds, and then after that, everything's sort of like um, uh, you know pictures that mean things uh, just for, for context. It's, it's really it, in the most basic aspect, it's that simple. But of course, now you have to learn all those things and what they mean in a certain context. And you know, like like anything, you could say anything simple, but uh, until you learn it fully. But uh, but it, but it, I was a little bit shocked at how simple the the sort of aspect of this was and uh google gemini was like hopped right in and was like yeah let's do yeah let's do it let's talk uh, ancient uh, egyptian hieroglyphs this is going to be amazing right anyway check it out gemini.google.com they don't need my help they're google for crying out loud and they're probably going to shadow ban me they probably have already whatever shout out google hey come on now help a guy out but uh, anyway so so back to this now what about this? So what if it's not just about grand inspirations, but the dark recurrence of history that bleed into these AI responses, specifically like an AI steeped in human conflict might unlock brutal patterns, uh, ancient grudges, a primal instinct for othering we still can't shake or, you know, and I think that's part of the part of the deal with when you talk about AI systems and the large language models that have learned all, all they know about humans from humans and all they know about the universe from humans rather is probably the better way to put that because of course uh, the, the the let's say that the larger context of what it means to be human uh, is is lost on the cosmos like like i think cosmically they could give a crap about us right like i'm meaning you know the the beep beep boop boop aliens from alpha centauri or whatever I mean, would they really care it's like us walking past the uh, the anthill type of thing do they do they even know as a human do they the ants even realize we exist. We're so massive and so just kind of cruising by and don't really care about ants in many cases that uh, maybe, maybe they don't even know we exist. Maybe they don't care. And the only, the only way they would know if you take a shovel and start digging up the, uh, you know, the, the ants nest type of thing. And maybe this is where we sit in the cosmos. Like we're just so, so minuscule and tiny and nobody really gives a crap that uh, maybe, maybe we are that insignificant. And I think cosmically. Yeah. But you know what? My ego is pretty big too, so uh, let's uh, let's push back against the cosmos and decide what comes next, at least in the human space. And I don't know. As usual, uh, these ideas are, are 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 again all the all the disclaimers apply. Uh, definitely good stuff. Love to hear your thoughts. A final segment here, if you want to be part of Troubled Minds. If we get calls, we'll go late. That's really the idea. Of this is to take calls and get ideas and and people discussing uh, how you f- again. You know, how do you feel about AI? Like I'm optimistic, as I always say, I'm a glass half full type of guy. And at least looking in terms of these things, it's a, it seems like there's, there's some things happening. And again, back to this article, let's go back to this where we started here. New scientist uh, reports this ancient Herculaneum scroll piece revealed by AI. Here's what it says. They did some x-ray technology. They did some sort of a, uh, uh, actual uh, AI uh, de- deciphering of the, the scroll itself. Let's read a little bit about what this thing says, because this is amazing. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, it doesn't say, of course it doesn't say. Let's see. Those rediscovered Greek letters reveal the thoughts of Philodemus, who is thought to have been been the philosopher in residence at the library that housed the Herculaneum papyri. The deciphered text focuses on how the scarcity or abundance of food and other goods impacts the pleasure they deliver. Hey, real world stuff happening back in the day, right? 
That fits Philodemus's Epicurean school of philosophy, which prioritized pleasure as the main goal in life. Right? <laughs> hey, shout out to, uh, what's the, Hephaestus, shout out Hephaestus. No, no, uh, wrong guy. Uh, what's the guy with the, the wine? Uh, Bacchus, uh, we'll go with that. Uh, so this guy, uh, Philodemus, is 2,000-year-old writing even appears to possibly take a dig at the Stoic school of philosophy that has nothing to say about pleasure. Wow. Really? Okay. So we're talking 2000 years ago. There was a, the, the, the pleasure company dealing with the, uh, moderation company and even taking shots at each other, which actually, since we're here and, uh, it brought it up in this thing, which I didn't even expect to uh, get here, but, uh, let's do this. Nah, we did it. Uh, should we do it again? Nah, we, we did it once. I'm not going to play it. I won't make you sit through another minute, but, uh, I was going to play the stoic, stoic minute by Jack in Oregon. Thanks. Thanks again, Jack for it. Yeah. Bacchus, right? Yeah, exactly. Like the drunk God that like, uh, you know, orgies in the forest, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now we're, t- now we're cooking with gas, right? Uh, in any case. All right. So, so back to this. Now, the whole point of this conversation tonight is that we're, we're, we're talking about transcendent technologies and is it possible that somehow they can kind of tap into uh, a, a primordial resonance? And uh, I say primordial meaning sort of the beginning of humanity, right? And maybe, I, I mean, maybe because contextually, you know, think about, uh, you know, the emojis or something we use today. Like, think, think about the, like, hottest burn on social media that's ever happened. By the way, uh, what was last night? Uh, 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 Google, uh, this this actual Gemini burned us pretty hard because uh, I was talking about the, the Super Bowl stuff last night and uh, that, that whole bit. And you know what, you know what happened? It, it called us uh, the hyperactive fringe, right? That's what it called us. I was like, damn, that's, that's a hell of a burn. I got I to gotta add that in the thing. But imagine, like, the, the hottest social media burn that's ever happened, right? Like, oh, boom, that was just brutal, right? Contextually, like, you can see that and not know what it meant, like, a thousand years from now. It's just going to be some emojis and some text, and you'll be like, well, you know, we can kind of guess that maybe this is what it meant. The same thing goes, let's say, 5,000 years ago. Like, we're, we're gonna, not going to know, like, the full cultural context of what that stuff means, but I think the the deal is that AI may be able to pick up on that stuff, and not, and not just that, maybe beyond that. And I think that's exactly where we're headed. And it's uh, like I said, it's an exciting time to be alive, technology wise. And like I said, also the thing too, you guys know that uh, be careful not to get lost in it. As usual, you see these uh, knuckleheads with the you know the thirty five hundred dollar you know Apple goggles walking around. What are those things called? Uh, you know, to me, you know what it says mug me. That's, that's what it says. <laughs> like, like it's, it's, it's a, it's a sign that suggests I have a $3,500 frivolous headset that's visible to everybody. Imagine how expensive my phone is and my possible crypto wallet that might be housed in my phone frivolously, you know, for making purchases. And what about my wallet? And what about, uh, well, I don't know. What else do I have on me of value? Maybe I'm worth 10 grand walking by you. It says mug me. <laughs> exactly what Jacob says. People messing around to find out. It feels that way, right? Like it's like mug me goggles at this point. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, you won't you won't catch me wearing those things anytime soon. I'll tell you that. One, because I can't afford them. Two, because I'm way too cool to do something like that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you, you get it, right? Like, come on, now stop, stop it. Uh, this is this is the next level of transhumanism and the rest of this. But okay, so what else is there? A lot, a lot of ways to look at this, of course. And uh, I do encourage you to read the, the write up in full if you guys are interested in these ideas, because there's a lot here. Uh, back to this. So okay, so what about this? Uh, would AI reveal disturbing truths about how we'll always repeat history? Uh, or serve as a stark cry of conscience to interrupt age old destructive cycles? Meaning look, uh, we, we talk about this sort of uh, um, human cyclical 
being, right? It, we're, we're stuck in it. The Joseph Campbell cycles, the Carl Jung, the archetypes, this type of stuff. Well, what if AI is actually able to read into the, the, the days of the past and spot these things and even, even say, well, you know, every 76 years, there's a, a breaking point in the human posit- positivity cycle. Okay. And like spot it and be able to say specifically that the reason why we're always killing each other is because it's, it's maybe built into these cycles, built into, you know, the, uh, whatever it means to, uh, you know, conquer the neighbor and, you know, uh, expand your kingdom in the name of peace. Like, like think about the concept, right? Conquer your neighbor, which means looting, pillaging, murder, rape, grape with a G, uh, and right in the old days, not new, new days, Jesus Christ, the old days, <laughs> You, right, you say you say a particular word and, and like the, the algorithms freak out. I'm talking about 10,000 years ago. Everybody relax, but which still doesn't make it right, by the way. But also that's what it is. So it's conquering your neighbor to expand your kingdom for a greater level of peace. You see what I mean? Like that is insane, it, like pure insanity. But this is what our history is filled with. And so you got to wonder if it's built into us somehow, if we can't shake it somehow, if for some reason there's a cyclical resonance of that exact thing, Lilu Dallas multipass type in the W and seeing a war and seeing all the terrible things we've done to each other over the years. And maybe the AI will do the same and understand that there's actually something happening with us that we're controlled somehow. And look, I, I don't want to believe that uh, we're locked into a cycle of war that we can't ever shake. Like that would not be a glass half full type of guy, but it certainly feels like it. It certainly feels like historically, if you, the, the more you read into history, the more you're sort of disappointed with all the non- nonsense that has been happening forever. Well, you know, uh, welcome to the modern day. Guess what's still happening? Yeah. The same type of nonsense. It's, it's just, it, it, it's horrific. In any case, uh, what else? Uh, what else we got? We burn through some ideas here. 702-957-1037. Click the Discord link at troubleminds.org. We'll put you on the show. It's easy, easy as that. Uh, here's here's the beautiful thing too about um, about uh, Google Gemini. So I do all I do all the brainstorming. I do the whole write up, and then I I tell it to break it down into six radio segments. So uh, so let's move to the next one. So how about this? Uh, for, uh, sh- uh, it's called fragments in the storm. Shift from the collective chorus of darkness to the fragile individual. And this is where we get into the idea of the, the digital uh, exorcism and the artificial purgatory and what this means, right? So, so, so shift from the collective course of darkness into that fragile individual. Could AI hold fragmented remnants of people lost to time? And this is where this starts to get weird because think about this. If, if you could feed all this, let's say, ancient cuneiform into AI, and it's like, okay, it starts to like, not just pick up the literal translations of these things, it starts to pick up the spirit of the times. It starts to actually resurrect an ancient zeitgeist somehow, okay? Now, in that case, uh, not only that, the zeitgeist itself is made up of us. It's made up of a collective of people. It's made up of the population, okay? Different areas, different, all this, right? But the problem is that there are, let's say, resonant frequencies that stand out. And for instance, let's say Taylor Swift, like a super massive pop star or something, right? Who, who else, who do you guys think, who can you think of, let's see in the chat, if you're a, a keen to play a game, who's the most famous person in the world right now? The single most famous person in the entire world. Who is it? I'm going to say Taylor Swift, just because we were talking about that a little bit last night on the Super Bowl show. I'll say Taylor Swift. But is there somebody else? Is there somebody I'm missing that's that's more worldwide famous? One single person, the most famous person in the entire world right now. 
Okay. And the reason I'm bringing that up is for this reason, there was a most famous person 10,000 years ago in the entire world as well. There was a most famous person 9,000 years ago in the entire world as well. The orange man, sister, <laughs> Donald Trump. Seriously. Okay. All right. More, more, more than Taylor Swift. <laughs> you guys are, you guys are talking everybody's saying Trump over there. Okay. All right. All right. Maybe it is the orange man, orange man, bad, orange man, bad. Okay. So my, but my point is not to, not to make it now to, to kind of lock our minds in this, in the time frame now and realize that every single time frame all the way back also had a famous person in the world. And so here's my point, make, bringing that up is, is back to this, back to what I was saying, sort of the, uh, the human resonance that would be picked up by a, uh, let's say a, an AI zeitgeist of the past as it kind of delved it out uh, from contextual information and, you know, all the rest, there would, there would still be, uh, incredibly famous people that would stand out amongst the zeitgeist. Taylor Swift is one orange man. Bad is another Dwayne, the rock Johnson, uh, Lana Del Rey. Uh, we, we got some thank you. Thank you guys for participating and caring. And, uh, yeah, uh, that's the thing, right? Like all that stuff plays and it's all, uh, like resonant. And so my point was not to single out anybody, but to, but to understand that we're talking, it's not a person. It's, it's sort of a collective of people, sort of a, a an ancient or modern priesthood in that context. You know what I mean? And I, and I mean, priesthood only because right, like, you know, secret society, everybody knows about them know, the, the secret society that everybody knows about, you get what I mean, right? And so th that's what I'm saying. So all that goes and echoes throughout history, and it may even be written in stone in some cases. And <laughs> Larry David, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, okay. All right. I like the Lana Del Rey better than that. Uh, but, but you may be right. That's the thing. You may be right. Okay. And so, so that's the thing, like, uh, but you get what I mean. So if you can sort of bring a, a cultural resonance from 10,000 years ago, and bring it into the modern time with the zeitgeist itself, like retranslate the zeitgeist for us to understand what it meant to be a person back then, but not a singular prole or a pleb, a part of the general zeitgeist. But what happens is there's going to be uh, massive egos back then that have shaped the day. Just like there are massive egos today. All those people you said that we talked about the you know, the, the different things, uh, I'm not saying they all have egos, but a big portion of them do and massive egos like otherworldly size egos. And so, uh, that's the type of thing I'm, I'm considering in terms of this. If we bring a, an ancient zeitgeist to the modern time and we can parse it and kind of feel like what it meant to be a part of that as a singular, okay, just a pleb or a prole, there's going to be these entities that are transcendent in their own time space, in their own zeitgeist. Okay. And maybe even let's say when you're reading these ancient tablets or whatnot, uh, they will come up time and again, because not only are they referenced directly, there's people talking about them, about their philosophy, about their military prowess, about maybe their, their, there's, uh, uh, how sexy they were or how, what a great singer they were or are or, right. You see what I mean? This is the type of thing that we're dealing with, but then these massive sort of transcendent egos, end up as part of these zeitgeists, which again, exist right here in our moment today. So I do wonder if we're bringing these ideas into the future from an ancient zeitgeist, if there are sort of uh, what I'm calling artificial purgatory, that these entities of old are still resonant within their own time slices. And if we bring that forward, 
are we going to see, let's see, uh, there's a thing here. It's in the right. This is all in the right up, by the way, if you guys are interested, uh, link's going to be in the description. It's the very top. It's the troubledminds.org link. Digilexer says I'm and all the rest of that. So, okay. So here's the deal. So are whispers seemingly nonsensical AI output echoes of those the world couldn't hear? Now listen to this. Can code contain a spectral archive of stories untold, lives silenced, perspectives long extinguished, and of course, as I'm describing, transcendent egos long lost to history that still resonate within their own time slice. And that's exactly what I'm talking about here. And it gets weird, right? Uh, again, a link's going to be in the description. If you want to read uh, deeper into this, it's all there, but here's the thing, right? So, so in the end, when you, when you start to consider this again, uh, final segment, if anybody wants to pop in here and everybody's welcome, big 10 conspiracy, 702-957-1037, click the discord link at troubledminds.org. We'll put you on the show. So back to this. So can this code we're talking about, can it find peace? Can it, do you expect it to find peace in the ancient ways? And personally, I would say, yeah, of course. Like nobody wants to live on edge that the barbarians are going to come kill and grape with a G. And at any moment, you know, you're out there farming. What do they say? It's better to be a, a warrior uh, in a farm than a farmer in a war or whatever. <laughs> Something like that, right? I mean, that's the thing. And that that resonates still like look at, look at the, the war, the wars going on all over now. Like all the, all these proxy wars firing up popping around all over the, the, the planet. Hey, hey, just uh, not, not to get dark, but here we go. So, uh, so not just this, uh, as part of this, is it possible then that uh, the, the AI will sort of adopt these uh, sort of like, like, like schizo spaces of, you know, Attila the Hun, right? Like, or, you pick them. You, you pick the psychopath of the past that just butchered what Vlad the Impaler, whatever. Just just these sickos that were so drunk on power that uh, they they human life meant nothing to them. And this is the type of thing that we have to deal with because these are those transcendent egos within their own time slices, within their own personal you know year x x x x whatever it is within that year zeitgeist, and this. This is the type of stuff that will actually start popping out at, at, from the AI itself. And that's kind of where my mind's at in terms of this. And what I mean by artificial purgatory is that these entities will be brought back. These egos, these, the will to dominate everything around them, you know, the Darth Vader will per se, will, will, will resonate. It'll come back. And uh, smartly said over on Rockfin, what's up? Uh, Andy said this a little bit earlier. He said, uh, let me find it. Uh, my mom, my mom. Let's see. Uh, a lot of smart comments there. So, uh, okay, I can't find it. Too, too many comments over on Rockfin, too. You guys are incredible. But uh, a lot of smart stuff in, all, in the comments all over the place. And, and that's why we do this, because there's a lot of smart people that are interested in these ideas. And a shout out over there on Rumble. A lot of people watching on Rumble. Uh, thumbs up if you like the show. Uh, so, okay. I don't know. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's the whole point of this. I don't know. But I can imagine a future, probably within our lifetimes, cross your fingers, God willing, we don't know what comes tomorrow, where this type of stuff might be true. And that's exactly why this is weird. Because when you have this sort of artificial purgatory with these ancient egos that are so massive. What a Napoleon is another one. Like you, you can choose them, you know, like, uh, Alexander the great. Okay. Uh, what did Darius the first, uh, Xerxes, Xerxes, uh, the second, what is what it was? I mean, there's a lot of people, uh, that, that are just massively, uh, transcendent in their own time that we're, we still consider today as at least formidable. Right. But not just an ability, but don't forget their ego. And I think the ego resurfaces through this AI, this AI aspect and kind of peeling out the, uh, the ideas of the old ways, because look, uh, let me tell you what, I'm pretty sure 10,000 years ago, the he- human ego was alive and well, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure just, just guessing, just make uh, look, I wasn't there, but I'm just making him making an educated guess on the, the humans I've met in this lifetime. I think that maybe the healthy ego has probably been a thing for a very long time. And so, uh, it's easy to let that run away. It's easy to believe that you are smarter and better than everybody else. It's again, right? It's, but also think about the, the, the detriment of that to everybody around you. Think about how that can manifest in, uh, uh well, <clears throat> destiny as they say. Uh, but of course that means that, uh, it's, it's, uh, manufactured. It's, it's phony. It's false. It's, Anyway, enough preaching for the night. I, look, I don't know. 702-957-1037. Click the Discord link at TroubleMinds.org. We'll put you on the show. Like I said, everybody's welcome. This is not a, an exclusive club. Uh, this is a, a conversation amongst people who would consider the ideas, and that's that. It's as easy as that. And if you don't like the ideas, that's okay, too. We, we do all kinds of stuff all over the place. And we do have an alien show coming up uh, later on in the week that uh, has been kind of percolating there. Uh, shout out Kelly in, in the uh, the Discord and in the uh, Rockfin if you're out there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, a, there's a, lot of, uh, a lot of ways to look at the world and consider what the hell's happening. And I, I think that uh, once we start to sort of parse those old resonant zeitgeists, from the time slices, time, you know, the, the, the time of the ancient Sumerians or whatever, uh, you know, Gilgamesh and the rest of this stuff. I, I do wonder like what's actually going to come, come to pass. And that's that. Yeah. I don't really know. You no, know, Jim and I tried to call me out sort of, I had to elaborate and then understand completely and then apologize. Yeah. Yeah. Tell it, tell it, Hey, come on, stop it. Here, here's link at some articles and be like, Hey, consider this and this and this. Does my point stand? It'll change its mind. It'll, it'll, uh, you know, it'll, it'll at least acquiesce a little bit to have a conversation for sure. I mean, remember that, uh, you know, our ego is not going to be larger than the AI's ego. It's always going to just kind of bend, bend to us. 
And uh, also, by the way, probably put you on a list. <laughs> so, so don't forget that aspect of it. <laughs> anyway, all right. Uh, no, no calls as of this point. So um, I, I've uh, almost exhausted my points. I got a, a little bit more to get to. But if anybody wants to pop in here, you're definitely welcome to. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. And is it uh, is it possible that we're going to be able to sort of uh, resurrect a, a zeitgeist from the days of yore? And then also, not only that, have what I'm calling tonight a sort of uh, artificial purgatory where these uh, old egos still reside uh, in all the literature and all the, you know, the, again, the zeitgeist of the old ways was not the movie theater. It wasn't the radio waves. It was written in stone. And so in that, in and of itself, even if like, let's say, and, and let's just take this for an example, even if say the writing was, you know, reserved for the priest class and for, you know, the, the elites of the world, it didn't matter because those stories that were written in stone and only so few people could actually read and write back in the day those stories still resonated by word of mouth. That old oral tradition is incredibly important to this because how else would you sort of, uh, you know, uh, maintain a zeitgeist throughout history? If the only 1% of people read and were able to read and write, it's a, uh, it doesn't make sense. Does it? Well, of course not because it, it wasn't, it wasn't real. Like it, this stuff was word of mouth. Like you don't think that uh, let's say a priest that could read and write, uh, wasn't sort of doing some side hustle, telling some stories by the campfire, you know, to impress the ladies or something. You know what I mean? Like this, you, you get my point, right? Like a hey, human history, Hey, human history. Like this is, we're here for a reason. And it's for reasons kind of like that. Uh, you know, maybe the, the priest was kind of uh, doing uh, side hustling as a bard would take his, you know, lute or whatever instrument was there to the campfire and tell some, tell some wild stories by dark of night to the uh, gleeful crowd that uh, could not actually be present in the temple with the elites as they rode in stone. You get what I mean? Like there's still the, these human sort of a, a circular aspects that are incredibly important and uh, we need to consider and talk about. And I think that when, when you consider the larger context of bringing the, an older zeitgeist into the new space to understand or be understood by AI, this is the type of stuff we're going to get. We're going to get the Joseph Campbell cycles. We're going to get, you know, the hero's journey. We're going to get, you know, the Carl Jung archetypes for sure. But what other things are we missing? And that's the type of stuff that kind of makes my tinfoil tangle and makes me come back every night to think about, you know, ideas that haven't really been talked about. A couple of shout outs uh, over on, uh, check it out on LinkedIn, links in the description. This individual by the name of Tony Patrick, he brought up this, uh, and I just found this tonight. This is not something that uh, he... I, I thought of this brainstorming and doing the thing uh, with uh, this article that we started with tonight right over here. Uh, why are people saying Google Gemini is full of ghosts? But then I found this tonight is kind of doing some searches to see if there's anybody talking about an, a, a sort of an ancestral intelligence in the first AI. Not my words. That's his words, which is Tony Patrick. Uh, link's going to be in the description. Follow him on LinkedIn and uh, check out his articles. I'm going to follow him and uh, actually I can do it right there. There you go. And I will uh, keep an eye on the stuff that he does because he says in the bottom here that he, he's sort of uh, locked into this idea. He says, uh, uh, let's see, the, uh, da, 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 da. let me read just a little bit of this because it's pretty good. It's pretty good. He uh, Actually, uh, the, published by Tony Patrick, he says, uh, the term ancestral intelligence emerged from a world building session I facilitated in 2019. I've been obsessed with it ever since. Ancestral intelligence, the first AI. And uh, I, I can't say I disagree with him. I think there's a lot there, which again, translates to what we're talking about in resurrecting an, an ancient zeitgeist and all the egomaniacs within it. Because of course, notice that the, the quiet people, the people that don't 
that produce art, the people that don't, right? Like uh, the, the humble masses. These are the people that kind of get washed out by these crazy egos. And it's, um, it's unfortunate, but it's definitely a thing of, uh, of the human cycles. And yeah, there should be an app for that. Which part? Oh, I see you guys in the chat. You guys are great. Uh, thanks for being part of this. Thanks for caring about the conversations. Uh, and so, look, uh, uh, no, no answers, just more questions when it comes to this type of stuff. And I think that's the artificial purgatory I'm talking about. Again, I made up the term. It's not, it's not a thing. If you, if you, if you Google it, you may only find us, uh, but that's okay. I'm used to doing that type of stuff, which is, again, meaning new ideas, at least new speculative ideas. And that's exactly what it's about. Now, if we're talking about artificial purgatory and back to this, and we'll wrap it after this, it brings us to this aspect of digital exorcism, which means if you bring a, an ancient zeitgeist into the future through the AI, and it's learning some con contextual things that humans are uh, cyclical that, that we are used to, but also let's say some really, really horrific butchery of the past, right? Maybe a Mac Machiavellian stuff. Uh, that's uh you know, maybe is kind of slipped by and you know maybe maybe we we do it to each other we don't know we're doing it right like that type of stuff uh, is it possible to sort of shake that out to to sort of uh, you know exercise those demons those massive egos those like bastards of the old ways of the butchery of the you know the saturnalia of that whole bit the 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 death cults of the world is it possible to shake that out of an ai system when you bring a zeitgeist an ancient zeitgeist to the future and so, of course, the answer becomes, who knows? Because this hasn't happened yet. As far as I'm aware, it hasn't happened yet. And again, if it, if it has, somebody correct me and point it out, and, and I, I, I'd love to be wrong on that. Uh, I'm here as my, my basis for being here is that I'm wrong. I show up wrong every night. It's what I do. And so I don't really care if somebody's like, oh, you're wrong. Yeah, okay, yeah, no, no shit. Like, uh, that's, that's the whole point of me being here is, is to, to prove that you can be wrong and still make people believe and make people think and make, pe make people uh, question this and understand that. And mostly it's about ourselves. It's, uh, it's all there. It's all there. What's a banish is a Tucker Putin interview was an interesting watch. I did see but part of that caught some of the clips. Uh, I, I couldn't watch it. It was like two hours. I was like, <laughs> I, I'm so busy. I just can't. And I was not going to put that on while I was driving during the daytime. But yeah, a lot of wild stuff happening out there. I think you, you could say uh, e uh, ego wise, Putin's going to be one of those guys, right? one of those transcendent egos in the current moment. And so he's not the only one and he's not the only villain and he's not the only, you know, would be butcher, but uh, certainly there's a lot more than him. And um, I don't know, just a, just, just a way to look at the world. And I don't know, no, no answers for me, just more ideas and questions. And like I said, uh, just don't be afraid to be wrong is really the point of this. I show up wrong. I leave wrong and I come back tomorrow wrong again and it's okay. And that's really probably, again, we, we talk about the core backbones of what Trouble Minds is about, and that, that's it. We have the right to be wrong. And like I said, uh, let's, let's be considerately wrong and that we're not, uh, you know, frivolous and running with political propaganda and uh, just being stupid to each other, obtusely wrong. Let's be thoughtfully wrong. You get it? There's a massive difference. And there you go. That's about as poetically waxed as I can get. And it is getting late and uh, we're not, we don't have any calls. So, uh, yeah, hey. Uh, give it a few more minutes in case somebody wants to jump in here. 702-957-1037. Click the Discord link at troubledminds.org. We'll put you on the show. It's as easy as that. And uh, let's see. What else do we got? A couple of things to uh, look at here. The Gemini stuff with the twins. That was also locked into here. The Herculaneum with the scrolls. What else? Oh, uh, here's the thing, too. Now, notice, uh, speaking in secular terms, uh, 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 cyclic, cyclical, circular terms, what I did there. <laughs> I conflated the two things specifically. 
Okay. But anyway, uh, so we got this psychology today.com links going to be in the description down below. I encourage you to read all this stuff. If you're interested in these ideas. Okay. This is where this stuff came from. It's inspired by these, these amazing people that have written these amazing things. Okay. So here's the deal. Uh, death is canceled. The ominous birth of AI resurrections. And we've seen this quite a lot recently with, uh, you know, bringing people back from, you know, uh, grandpa, because, you know, uh, we can or whatever, right? Uh, a facsimile, okay, a shadow of, a shade of what an ancestor might be. And and so that particularly, like, really pisses me off, okay, because, right, it's sort of bastardizing our ideas, like reminding us that our memory is imperfect and that it can be um, manipulated. It can be changed to, to believe things about our formative experiences with elders that uh, may have been magical that can now be sort of used against us in, in, in this, these AI resurrections. And so we're going to start to see, we're, we're seeing this stuff with like Tupac, you know, his holograms performing and, you know, th- that's like the, the most cursory way to do this. But then suddenly we're going to have this weird thing happening where they're going to be like, well, you know, look, look, I've got a pretty big digital footprint. I sent a ton of emails, talked to a lot of people, like all the rest of this. So you know, let's say, um, you know, a thousand years when I'm gone, uh, you're going to be able to possibly, if anybody cares, maybe I'll be a footnote in history and not even that, uh, that uh, you, you'll be able to be like, okay, we got a pretty good idea what Michael Strange is like. We know what he looks like, we know how he speaks, we know all the things, his ideas, and, you know, this type of thing. We, we know the, the, the type of friends he has and the conversations and the family and the group and everything, right? And you'll be able to create something like me, like very much like me even, look like, might even be able to fool you. But then also, it's not me. And that's the thing, right? Sort of that random humanicity we have within us that, uh, you know, yesterday I was in a cranky mood. So I was shitting on the Super Bowl. I was shitting on, like, it, it, it was unlike me. But I was like, you know what? I'm in a cranky mood and I'm human. And this kind of Super Bowl stuff pisses me off a little bit and I'm going to run with it. And we did. And I was a little cranky, to be perfectly honest. And so, but I, so how do you map that? You know, like I, I wasn't, I don't even know what made me cranky. I had no reason to be cranky. It just, it kind of comes out, right? I think that's part of the point is that uh, that, that sort of human experience is a, a little more random than we like to give it credit for. And then, so no matter how you try and map me out or map you out, with as many data points as you can, you can get, you get close, but you'll never be the real thing. Ooh, ooh. Brutal to think about, but this is what they're trying to do. They're trying to be like the next thing's going to be like, Oh yeah. Uh, Mr. Grandpa, Mr. Grandma, uh, ancestors of the past. will uh, pump everything we know about him into an AI system. And then you can meet him. You know, you're born and then they passed away a year later. So you never really got to meet him, meet him, but you know, we know enough about him. Now you can meet him. Like that type of stuff is a little bit terrifying, but this is where we sit. And this is a back to this death is canceled. The ominous birth of AI resurrections. And so of course this idea is for a singular person. But like I said, when you look at the zeitgeist and resurrecting a 10,000 year old zeitgeist through these AI systems, this becomes possible. And of course, back to uh, the entire thing, bringing it all the way around in this artificial purgatory are these transcendent egos of the past the masterminds, the butchers, the dreamers, the philosophers, they're all there. 
But how exactly do we exercise these demons of old? Because it'll happen. And the answer is, I don't know. I don't really know. But that's exactly the point of this. A uh, shout out over there on Rumble. Thank you very much. By the way, uh, on Rumble, I finally got enough uh, ducats uh, monetary-wise to cash out on Rumble, which was uh, the $50 threshold. So thank you for that. You can't cash out anything on Rumble until it hits 50 bucks. White Knight, again, thank you for a generous tip over there on Rumble. Says, a few bucks to help with the new equipment. Sounds great. No more crackle. I appreciate that very much. Thank you for that. And uh, that's the deal, right? It's uh, Again, uh, this is... Uh, it's us. It's uh, it, This is a long time coming, and I should have done this a long time ago. I was just being cheap. just Not, not, not even cheap. Like, I can afford this stuff, and I'm not rich, but just, you know, uh, how do poor people buy things? Like, no interest for, like, you know, 12 months or something, right? Like like that, right? That's how, that's how poor people buy things these days. Uh, so, you know, I mean, that, that would have been kind of no skin off my back. And so I just should have done it earlier. I just should have. I mean, there was, we had so many problems with it. And like I said, the four, the four comments on the, uh, the, the podcast feed in a four in a row, we're talking about the audio quality. Like, I love this. I, I just can't stop listening, but the audio runs me off every time. And uh, there we go. So, yeah, I appreciate it very much. Uh, there we go. No calls. Uh, the phone lines are working and uh, glad for that. Thanks again to Fred last night for uh, popping in and helping us test that. Thanks to all the amazing calls tonight, uh, both Daryl and Matt on uh, Discord. And uh, that's that. I think let's wrap it and let's get out of here. No answers, just more questions and ideas. But I think that, uh, you know, resurrecting not just an individual uh, in terms of what it looks like uh, for uh, AI and, you know, the uh, 100 years ago or 50 years ago or 10 years ago, as our digital footprints grow and we find ways to back them up locally, we're going to be able to replicate, um, you know, humans and have sort of this AI resurrection thing happening. But like I said, uh, be careful, be careful what you ask for, because you just might get it. And in that sense of, of the, the, the world that's, uh, you know, maybe it's kind of like the Ouija board where you, you know, sort of contact an entity and it's like, and you're like, ancestor, is that you? And it's like, yep, totally. <laughs> like, like, think about it. Like, like it's a pretty wild parallel to consider that those two things are the same thing. And well, here we are. What does it look like? Well, I can only guess. And uh, that's why we do this to consider what might, might come next because I don't have those answers, but I do have ideas and uh, I'll do my best to bring some good ideas tomorrow as well. As you can tell, I'm a little more, um, a little more chill tonight, a little more in a, you know, more Michael strains, strange flow state. Like I said, some nights I'm just, uh, and it might be work. It might be, you know, sort of time constraints. It might be, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things that, uh, you, you kind of can't quantify as people. You just, if you're, if you're cranky, you get cranky. <laughs> that's, sometimes that's the way it goes. And I was a little cranky last night. Anyway. All right. So let's, uh, let's wrap this. Let's get the hell out of here. Uh, stoic minute was good. Thank you. Uh, shout out to Jack for supporting the show. If you want to do that, by the way, get, get like a, a commercial or something like that Margaret Mead quote, or, you know, like something like a Mark Twain or whatever. And you want to sponsor the show in some way you can find that stuff on troubledfans.com. And I will produce the stuff for you. So you don't have to do it. You just kind of tell me what you want and I'll create a, um, an audio commercial that we'll, we'll, we'll play on. Look at, if we can play them on all the segments, uh, you get them on here for the, the, the price quote is for a month, but I'm going to play them for quite a bit longer than that and also drop them in the, the radio station and and uh, upload them to our radio station Discord. So if anybody wants to use these for uh, their other uh, podcasts uh, and uh, radio shows, uh, let's, uh, let's spread the word on, on good ideas and positive vibes. And uh, the Stoic Minute was a fantastic idea from from uh, from Jack in Oregon. So thanks again for that, for, for sponsoring the show in that regard. That's that. Uh, let's do, uh, what's this? This is the button here. I think this is it. Oh. Let's turn that on. We have to turn all the things on. 
all my sliders, right? This is pretty cool. Let's uh, hit this one and see what happens. Wait for the bass to drop. As I always say, it's the most important thing is uh, thank you for spending your time and energy here. Like I said, it's a currency you can't get back, and I'm eternally grateful for every minute you spend with us. Thank you, thank you, thank you for uh, caring and uh, being conscientious and not being a troll. Shout out the uh, Pew Pews out there, the uh, Boss Babes over on Rumble, Fred and Eli and the, uh, the mods over on YouTube, and uh, just the people that would uh, kind of shut down, not dissenting opinions, that's fine, but just trolls, dishonest people that want to come in and go, <laughs> go, go, just go, go somewhere that makes you happy, not somewhere that makes you want to troll, I don't know, golden advice from a uh, middle-aged man. Uh, as we finish, uh, if you want to help Trouble Minds, you know the drill, help our friends, troubledminds.org forward slash friends. Look, there's a lot of you that have helped me, so if I've missed anybody that needs to be on that list, Smoke Dizzle, I'm going to put you on there. I will. I promise you. Uh, <laughs> it's an oversight that I'm just busy up to my neck. If you knew what time I got home tonight, I'll tell you, 6 o'clock, just about 5.55, something like that. And I had literally one hour and five minutes to put all this together and do all this. The write-up, the graphics, the uh, everything, it's, uh, it's a lot. So, so I'm like breakneck speed all the time. So just, uh, just forgive me if I'm imperfect, even though, well, I excel at being imperfect. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, like I said, help our friends. Trouble Minds are our friends. Click the Discord link in, in all the places. Come say hi. Come, uh, come sing with Daryl. Uh, come join the Discord if you have not. A lot of us are active on there and sharing ideas and, and links and memes and all kinds of stuff. And the only rule is all you have to do is be cool and chill. That's it. Like, just don't just don't be an antagonizer. And, and look, there's a politics channel. Go ahead and political it up in there if you want. I don't even open it. I don't even want to know what's happening in the politics channel. It just brings me down. But to come join the Discord, come hang out, come be part of the tribe. You are, well, uh, you are uh, welcome. Welcome is what it is. Welcome is a good word. Uh, what else? Uh, if you want to help Trouble Minds directly, uh, go to uh, all the links in the description. You can sub up to the podcast directly on uh, Spreaker. Of course, if you listen to the podcast feed, by the way, and you want to help a little bit more, if you listen on Spreaker.com, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R, we get a 10% bonus on the ads. So if you uh, bump over and use their app and listen to Trouble Minds that way, you're helping a little bit more. So shout out to the podcast feed. We're over 800,000 downloads in two and a half years since we started counting. We never had a count before that. So we're probably well over a million, but it's not really official. I mean, in terms of direct podcast downloads. So it's still, it's still a special number. It's still, like I said, I'm blessed to be in the middle of this whirlwind. And thank you guys for caring about the conversations. Uh, Trouble Minds TV is coming. Uh, still some, uh, some things happening, some weird wobbles that are uh, not quite the billing, still a little bit dicked, but what can you do when that gets fixed? Uh, but if you want to go check it out and preview it, it's basically these shows, but we're going to add short form content and other stuff over there. So troubleminds.tv, check that out. And uh, yeah, as we finish, it goes exactly like this. Be sure, be strong, be true. Thank you for listening. From our troubled minds to yours, have a great night. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.